0: podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. Yo. And today, we have one of the people that has done something that 99.9% of people will never do. It is already hard enough to win one YCS. In fact, I'd say that less than 1% of people who ever played the game have won a YCS. Imagine winning two. Imagine winning three. Imagine winning fucking four of them. This player, honestly for the last 10 years has just always been a force and it's kind of crazy because even with a hiatus coming back to the game and just dominating again is absurd. Uh, So we have Chris LeBlanc today. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. How are you feeling after just winning your fourth YCS two weeks, like what, two weeks ago, a week ago?
1: Yeah, it was like a week and a half ago. <laughs> um, it feels insane. Like the feeling definitely like never changes. It like the first win definitely felt like the craziest because like it was kind of like unrealistic for me because I had never topped an event, and I know you know about that because oh, you I also definitely won your, on your first top. So, but, like now it felt. I was fifteen when I won my first one.
0: Okay, so you were a child.
2: <laughs> so that's yeah. here. This is the twenty twelve one. That what that says? Twenty twelve. Yeah. The
0: twenty twelve champion there on the glass, and I remember that was Gear Gear right. Yep, that was good. Yeah. And then the second one was in Philadelphia. You actually stole the Philadelphia YCS with uh yeah. That
1: was um yeah, Madolche and then uh, it was draft in top 16, but oh. I had a, I had um uh, like the prior knowledge of how to play draft because I was in the top cut of the first YCS where they did draft yes. in Atlanta. Um, I lost in top 8, but you know, I was already like acquainted with the cards yeah, nobody I had was. no problem once I got the draft. Yeah, exactly. Like and- once I got the draft, I had no problem.
0: And then your third one is what is that? It
1: was uh, Zodiac Draco. Okay. Um, and that was in Toronto. 2017.
0: 2017. I probably was retired at that point. And then this newest one was Tier Element Sprite, uh, who actually, I didn't know until I watched your deck profile that you and Patrick, and probably some other people too, I'm guessing, but like Pat actually had a hand in creating this deck and like finalizing it and stuff.
1: Yeah. He, um, so we stayed together for a week in Ecuador. Um, and we knew that we, we only had like those days to test for the event because we were practicing for Ecuador as well for the 3v3. Yeah. And then it was a whole new format the next week. So staying together for like those like four days um, really helps like for testing. And then he just finalized the list, which I really needed him to do that at that point because you know he's always been goaded at that.
0: I think that is so insane that Patrick Hoban, even after all of this time, having taken a long break from the game coming back relatively recently, like in the last year or so, he has already created a winning deck list again. And that is just fucking absurd. Like I, people think that he's washed and I think that's crazy, but like, for I think
1: that is a crazy statement. (laughs) That is
0: so crazy, but it's just insane to me that already he's like, all right, well, here's a winning deck list and your deck is actually it. It just looks so good. Like, when I watched the deck profile, and you were speaking on it, um, some of the cards you play, I really like, because I do watch a lot of modern Yu-Gi-Oh!, especially when I go to, like, AU. And, I, like, my locals, they have Edison tournaments, but they also have regular tournaments. And they run at the same exact time, so I get to, like, finish my match and then go watch theirs. And a lot of things that I feel like I'm right about, the newer players just don't really get it, and they're stubborn, so they no. just do their own thing. But the triple tactics talent, when I, that card, to me is fucking crack. Like, I, I just read that yeah. card. I feel like that card outs anything. It's three band cards. It's literally three band cards and it's the easiest thing to activate. I just, I feel like if I play Yu-Gi-Oh, there's no way I don't play that card. So when I saw you ran three of that and three of the card that I also think is outrageous, which is Super Poly, um, it's like,
1: yeah, that card needs to be banned.
0: That card needs to be banned like a year ago. Like it should have. It they should
1: have learned when they banned it the first time. Yes,
0: Pat won a YCS undefeated the first time in 2014, and then we are here in 2019. I got from my local one a YCS. David Mendoza, he actually won a YCS with Triple Super Poly when it first came back years ago, and I was like, "Yo, this card it needs to go." Like, what the he, fuck are they and doing? They still
2: have knowledge. I don't remember. I don't remember which guest we had on, but it was a Yu Gi Oh guest, and we were talking about Super Poly. And I think we said in that episode, like, yeah, Super Poly's probably like nobody's playing it right now, and it they they probably should be.
0: Yeah, card is just absolutely correct. So that those six cards are really good they're actually good going first and second technically so like they're not even bricks like especially t- talents if you get hand trapped at any point or whatever like it just does the most if your opponent is dumb enough to activate one of the tear elements on your turn it's like okay like
1: especially with uh the best deals coming out like you know people are going to end up playing these new hand
0: traps yes what happens when they do that to you? Turn one. I, I don't I don't think I saw the interaction on stream or anything where somebody steals you turn one and you have talents. Like, what do you usually go for at that point? It depends.
1: There's like certain plays where you'd either go for the look at their hand if your hand is strong enough to take yeah. away like their second hand trap, um, or, or like make them like not be able to play. Sometimes you go for the draw. Uh, just depends like how your hand is in that moment. Yeah. But um, most of the time control? when it happens. Uh, sometimes, but it's very unlikely that I, that I need to, because like, I'll be doing tier stuff and then I'll, I'll just w- literally want to look at their hand and then like spin back the best deal or something.
0: Gotcha. And your deck also did not main dweller. And I'm, I feel like everybody in the entire <laughs> fucking top cut besides you actually did main deck dweller. Um, you guys played Iblee. I don't know how popular that was, but that seems like some broken like tech choice, I don't know yeah. if everyone was nobody ready. was ready. Okay. It looked like to me, it looked like nobody was ready though. Like it just looked they like were. You, you came to the event with a deck that like yeah, people technically know about the deck, but they didn't have the right list.
1: Exactly. And it was it was very comparable to um Vanity's emptiness and Dragon Roller format, like when Pat had that idea. So yes. I, I would honestly say like it was like hand in hand with that
0: damn so ibly's that busted ibly uh for people who don't know like you know it's but you give it to your opponent back in gumblar dragon format you give it to your opponent or whatever and then like they can't play the game they can't special summon they can't use evenly match they can't use lightning storm that was the
1: biggest plus side was the evenly match like because that's really like how all tier decks lose because there's not a lot of omni negates anymore yeah you're not playing unless you're playing like carrot and like the sprite tier deck um, There's no real out-to-evenly match. So every time I hear that battle phase, I'm just like, PTSD. Like. Yeah.
0: So basically, this this deck was uh, it was built in a way where it countered the one thing that you felt the deck was the most weak to, and Iblee kind of deals with all of it. It also just, like, destroys your opponent. Like, they can't...
1: Yeah, it's an auto-win in most situations, and people still don't believe in auto-wins, like, in the current state of the game, which is, like, why you have a lot of good technical players, like, just playing these, like, basic decks. But they'll get far, but a lot of the time, um, the deck that will win is normally a deck that has like an uh like a, an edge or like yeah. a really big advantage going into like you know like how we saw um Exo Sisters won the. Event. I was just
0: gonna bring so, that up too. That's, like, that's S- like
1: a huge, huge example
0: of that. Yes, Exo Sister winning a YCS when there were six tier elements in top eight with him and one like that, that's that. crazy. yeah, like that's that's the dream match, right? Like that's what you want if you were playing Exo Sister. You're like, I want to play against only tier elements, and now that's the tournament for uh-huh. me. Um.
1: It was the same for Flunder. Um, the guy I played in the finals. Like I'm sure he had like easy matchups for every tier element player he played.
0: Yeah. I mean he you know, no, no disrespect, but it looked like he played pretty awful in the finals, if I'm being honest. Like I think
1: it threw, it threw him off, um, when I had like tried to use like Fender's effect and yeah. he started like tunnel visioning on that specifically, so that's why he didn't activate the effect of two can. And I understand because like it was a very like uh it's a it was ruled thing. very weird, yeah. Yeah, and it's most people just don't understand how it works they actually also ruled it incorrect in in the in the finals which is it's kind of crazy because um the way they said it is that it has to be on the, the first in the chain um like on resolution but it's an if effect not a when so it could be at any point uh on resolution part of the chain oh shit the like new chain yeah so i i found that out uh like two days ago so
0: <laughs> so the car got better
1: yeah it technically got better yeah <laughs>
0: What the hell? And the card is already insane. Uh, I mean that. You know what I'm glad about? Because a lot of times people hype up shit, especially when they see Japan, and then it when it comes yeah. over here, it doesn't live up to the hype. And this happens very often. The most recent one that I can think of off the top of my head was when everyone thought that the PKBA deck or whatever the Brave PK deck was going to be the best deck in the world, like ever we've ever seen. It was like Brave Engines coming out, and it just did not do yeah. that here at all. Like it actually just didn't perform well at all. Like there were just better decks over here.
1: It lines up so perfect with the OCG format, though, because that's how they like to play. They like to p- play very standard decks that do the same thing every time, yeah. like not too like far out there. And also with Maxi in the format, like they have to play a very specific way, which I understand that like yes, you want to not commit.
0: Yes, to me, because basically the PK the Brave Piggy deck when I used to think about it was it had traps and stuff that searchable traps, right? And that's like really good, and, and it, it does a crazy first turn combo like any other deck. Um, but you're playing through Max season. That is that's just a different that's, that's a very different format. Ever. I can't imagine because when Sprite came out, then they were searching Maxi. And that's like yeah. that's just an auto win yep. in my head. Like I can't imagine. But yeah, their format's yeah, so search, different.
1: First, the hand traps were not okay. <laughs>
0: yes. So yeah, you included your deck was like 46 cards or something. Yeah, 46. Yeah, and I, that so the weird thing is that's not even abnormal anymore. Like in, in modern Yu-Gi-Oh for the last couple of years, I've been seeing a lot of decks win that don't play 40 and I guess that's just how it is now. Like, I know Pat is the guy that was like 37 cards always and make your deck as small as possible. But Yu-Gi-Oh's gotten to a point where that's no longer, I guess,
1: Every cool. hand is just like a combo no matter how you look at it. So, it, like, you don't have to focus on being more consistent. You just have to focus on having, like, the correct outs to certain interactions. So resources. Like, in your your deck.
0: deck needs to be a toolbox.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Okay. That's, that's actually a really interesting thing because that means deck building has changed a lot. And oh, yeah. I, I would bet that there are people who don't even realize that like, this is new information as far as like the deck size thing and why it's being done. Not just because like, I want to play six more cards. You know what I mean? Like,
2: um, yeah. I remember yeah. like when I was briefly messing around with modern Yu-Gi-Oh! I was, you know, seeing a lot of things where you have a bigger deck size because any one card can get your combo to go, but every deck also has bricks in it. So if you have a slightly bigger deck, yeah. you can minimize the chance of draw on your bricks while still maximizing the combo pieces.
1: Yeah. I was, uh, I combo was a lot, starters, lot behind I mean. Polly's deck. Like, you know, Polly's 60-card deck? Yes. So he knew he needed to, to draw multiple hand traps, or else you, you weren't beating Size Lock. But he also played a lot of bricks in his deck, but playing 60 cards, you're going to draw your bricks so much less.
0: Yeah. I saw a lot of, uh, again, going back to the Brave PK, like, the, the, the format that never happened... That that deck, when people were speculating on it, a lot of them were playing sixty cards, like because they played a bunch of random like combo pieces that made your combo more insane, but you did not want to draw them.
1: Yeah.
0: So there was a bunch of that, like Fire Lady of Lake or whatever that thing was called. There was like a bunch mm-hmm. of random bullshit in the deck. I was like, why is this played? It's like, well, if you play this, you can go into, and I was like, okay, I get it. Like your deck is just you're supposed to do this crazy combo turn one, and you're never going to draw this card. You're telling yourself, so you're playing sixty cards. I get it. Um, <laughs> hand traps. So you basically just were like, fuck the hand traps. I just want my deck to be able to break boards at the end of the day.
1: and the Hand traps just didn't, weren't doing it.
0: And <laughs> the week before they you never. won, we just saw another deck went with no hand traps basically, where Josh Schmidt, um, he played runic sprite and that deck just did the same thing. It was like, I just want to break boards. I want to play lava golem over you because I don't have a battle phase. So my, I'm just going to clear your board with like runic spells and also Lava Golem. And did that influence you at all when you went to this deck building for the, for, for the next event, even though the format technically is different because the tournament that got even better? But like, did it influence... I definitely
1: looked at Josh's list. Yeah. Like, and I, I was like, basing like what I thought the standard was going to be. Uh, well, me and Pat did this. We thought the standard was literally just going to be his list. And they're like, we were so spot on. Like, I played verse five or six sprite throughout the whole tournament and it was the runic sprite list. I knew I didn't have to worry about hand traps, which is insane. Yeah, like, and that's just, so crazy. Go.
0: <laughs> that's so crazy. That's actually crazy. You know what's weird? Um, a lot of players at the top level, especially, but a lot of players in general hate the Florendries deck. And for good reason, it's a deck that just straight up wins the game without really you being able to do anything. Like when it wins, you can't yeah. play, right? And so that really sucks because it's like I can't really even interact with it. They get so much advantage. It reminds me of Domain Monarchs back in 2016. Like, when oh that my st-
1: gosh, yeah, no extra deck. <laughs> you
0: remember that? Like when it, when yeah. that deck started to win, you couldn't possibly come back. They could be like, pick your next five cards. Like you can choose your hand. You will not get out. Like that's how bad it used to be. So when I see flunderies, <laughs> yes, exactly. So when I see Flunderees now. Flunderies is a deck that if your opponent has no interaction and you get to do your full Flunderies combo turn one like statue set up everything get like plus whatever and just say go if your opponent doesn't break your board immediately or they don't have like any way to stop your Rabina from going off that guy got to the finals I'm I'm not surprised because people were just like not playing hand traps anymore
1: yeah I literally like no imperms no ash like you really don't have anything to like no interaction the you part. just watch yeah, them play your the, your board breakers just don't break the Flunder board.
0: Yes, your board breakers is going back to Flunderboard, and the Flunderboard board is-
1: when you get D-Shifter, <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, card just opens up a, a whole yeah. new realm of possibilities for the Flunder player. Like, they literally don't have to worry about so much. Like, when I got shifted in the finals, I was like, damn, I'm really about to lose game one.
0: I, um, yo, I was so happy, though, that you drew the sprite part of your deck. That, yeah, was right? that was so kind of broken. My part. <laughs> that was so fucking broken. I was I was looking at your hand. Mind you, I do not play Modern at all. But I still knew, as soon as I saw your hand, I was like, yo, this actually isn't as bad as it could be. Like, it could be game, right? Like, it could just be straight up, like, you lose the game flat out because your deck can't deal with Dimension Shifter. But I looked at your hand, I was like, actually, he's only playing one side of his deck this turn.
1: Yeah, I didn't even have the tier engine.
0: To, yes. To, that's what, like you <laughs> literally so, played it, it one. Literally time. was
1: just right.
0: Yeah. It was meant for you to win that event. I mean, you literally said to the the commentator who asked you like, "How do you think this is going to go?" And your response was so fucking good because this is your fourth And You said, "It's going to go the exact same way every other ever grand finals has gone." And I was just like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. I was I feel just like, like that was the one time I was like, "All right, I have to say something." But- yo
0: perfect and you said it immediately too so i was like yes i need him to be feeling himself because you're going up against a matchup that's kind of like aids anyway like we literally just saw jesse cotton get d shifted out the world so yeah that, that, see,
1: that's what i was thinking about i was thinking about jesse's finals because i was like damn like you, you just realized, like jesse put in like puts in so much work for the game he got third place in brazil and then he got second place in Niagara. like back to back and then like he just only lost not even like to like a skillful like
0: interaction yeah it's like your opponent <laughs> you activated danger they went d shifter and you lost that turn
1: yeah and, and i just went to um a regional in casco and the yes. same thing happened i got shifter and then shifted again yes two i games actually
0: watched that deck profile uh because it was only three minutes and i was like damn this is the shortest deck profile ever but i like that because for people like me i like information to be fast as far as yeah. deck profiles i hear people just kind of explain things that don't even need to be explained with deck profiles. So you got right to the point and you were like, basically my list is the same, but I changed a few cards and I lost the Flunderies because that can just happen. I think if I ever play competitive in this kind of format, the deck that I'm scared of the most is definitely Flunderies because again, when it wins, you can't possibly come back. It's like they have to misplay to give you the game when they start winning. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but I, I really like that uh, Fenrir helps a lot against all of these random decks and, like, banishing people shit face-down. <laughs> it's so broken. It also surges itself, so it's like an extender and everything.
1: Interaction with the Flunder Monsters, it's, it's actually kind of uh, insane. Like, it doesn't banish any of the Flunder Monsters uh, face-down. It would just banish them face-up because of the, uh, the condition on the Flunder Monsters, which I just found out. What? And I was like... That's a, that's such a weird interaction. It says because when, whenever they're removed from the field, they have to go, they banish. So it, it doesn't recognize you banishing it face down. It just recognizes it as being removed from the field. So it's going to be banished face up. And that, I was like,
0: I don't it was know how crazy. I feel about that. That's a lot I mean, ruling.
1: It doesn't make sense. Like when you it think about it, because they just like, they told me, I was like, okay. <laughs> Yu
0: Gi Oh cards tend to resolve fully. And then, like, whatever happens after that, So, like, in my head, how I would think it works is Fenrir would banish the Floundary's monster face down, and then where the Floundary's monster would want to activate its effects and all that stuff, it just can't because it's fucking face down, and nothing does anything face down in Yu-Gi-Oh.
1: Apparently, because it's a condition, like, that's just how it has to work, and I'm like, I understand. It's not, like, an activated effect.
0: Yes, it's kind of like BAs, how they just kill themselves immediately with a monster is not a BA on the field. Like they just instantly pop themselves. There's no activation. There's no chaining to it. There's nothing. It's just like that monster dies yeah. instantly. So I guess from that perspective is like, okay, but still, I don't think many people knew that. And that it reminds me of like King Tiger Wangu. <laughs> yeah. It, he just instantly pops your guy. You're like, all right, dandelion, come out, pop tokens, pop like immediately. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, you played three griefs in your deck, right? And I want to ask you because the way you talked about it in your deck profile, it sounds like people were not on that card. They didn't realize that you could oh, send Rhino Heart and then summon Rhino Heart and get like full combo starter right there from just playing that card. That spell card seems fucking broken. And the way you said it made me believe that that was something kind of unique to your deck, especially like people may have played it, but they I don't know if they realized that they should be playing triplicate. Like you played three of it.
1: Yeah, I looked at the deck list, and most of the people weren't playing it. A lot of people read it, even in Top Cut, which is like the, oh, my favorite crazy. part about that card. Oh, like Not in Top Cut, Chris. <laughs> not in <laughs> Top Cut. Not in Top Cut. This does sense. Like the set just came out. Like I've had like four days to learn these cards, but nobody knows what these cards do. <laughs>
0: yeah. So yeah, this. You know what I love about Yu Gi Oh? Um, I feel like whenever the game has a drastic change, it's like the best time for good players to win.
1: Because, yeah, I agree. I think we definitely have the advantage going into an event where people yeah. have like less Ooh, knowledge. Of he said, that. "We."
0: I like that, but yes, I think I think the good players have such a huge advantage, and this goes back to like the old days where like Jeff Jones would just have like some deck that's a- ahead of everybody. Come up
1: with some create like when he came up with the Quick Draw Dandy deck. Yeah, like, it's
0: like nobody has that deck. And the crazy dandy. part is he posted that shit on Duelist Grounds of all places. And that's like, crazy. I, I didn't like, even know that. Yeah, he posted it. it. Was like that's the thing. Like Jeff is. His his legacy is so insane to me because he's like, I am going to win this tournament. And it, at the time, that was the biggest Yu-Gi-Oh! Tournament of all time. He's like, I'm yeah, going to win this tournament. I was
1: tournament. there. I was, I was, I was, I'm literally uh, in the finals uh, feature match, like, picture in the background. Oh, and shit. you can see me as, like, a little kid. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, what? Like, so, you was were, 2010? Yeah, 2010. yeah so I was Yeah, so I was 13. And I'm just, like, watching the finals. And we said that. I was like, yeah, that's, like, my cousin. He's playing in the finals. <laughs> so, we got this day to
0: watch. That's insane. That's actually, so you were always close to the greatness. And then uh not only, you only had to wait, what, two years and then you just started winning and they became a whole fucking problem after that.
1: Yeah. Cause like, I only played like five uh YCSs before I got my first uh win. So it was like, I wasn't really able to even like try yeah. to go to events. I, like I was only playing ones that were the East coast.
0: Same. I didn't. uh So Atlanta was the first time I ever gotten a plane in my life. Like when that's I, crazy, I I'd never even been on a plane before Atlanta. And that, that even doing that was a weird experience for me because McCabe is like, yo, uh, I really want to go to this YCS. Like we wanted to get serious about Yu-Gi-Oh. We were already really good in our area, but me and him were like, let's start traveling. Let's start going. Let's, let's take this shit seriously. So he was like, let's book a flight. And I said, I've never been on a plane. Like, how do you do this? Oh, I was true. really scared. And we did it. And uh the rest is history. And I, I I just think like the fact that your win started so early, and it's been 10 years since the first one, and they're still going. Like, you're still winning yeah, in 2022. Honestly. This year is the return of the Kings because Hansel won fucking nationals twice.
1: I know. And uh, right after I won, he like messaged me and stuff too, like congratulating me. I was like, because that's like, the same thing I did when he won again. I was like, yo, we, we didn't
0: forget. <laughs> that's insane. You guys, bro.
2: you guys were both officially like historic players.
0: Yes. Like, they're, they're. And I've known
1: we- him for like since he won too, which is crazy.
0: Same. And I, uh, he actually messaged me. We're going to be hanging out in Cali. I can't wait. This trip is going to be so fun. For people who don't know, I am going to Pasadena. No, I am not playing Mount Yu-Gi-Oh! I will be playing Edison. Uh, but I'm going mainly to hang out because my best friend literally paid for my whole trip as a birthday gift to me. Because this is like my birthday month and everything. So I got a free trip to California like, hotel, flight, everything paid for. And I want to see everybody's been so long. Um, So if you see me at the event, if you see me walking around anywhere in California, <laughs> just, like, feel free to say hi, uh, talk about the podcast, whatever. But I am going to have fucking fun, and I hope... I, I low-key want Chris to go back-to-back, like, so bad, because that would just be, like, another thing. I do, too. <laughs> but also, because, Chris, you're in such a unique position, there are not many people... The list of people who have won four fucking majors, like, is so small. It's so outrageous. It was like Philly Luna, Billy Break,
1: like four Billy Blake. or five people.
0: Yes, it's like Philly Luna, Billy Break, you now, uh, Andre, Andre Torres,
1: and uh, Alejandro Vivaldo.
0: Oh, I actually do not. Do I? I do know him. Yeah, he's a national champion from Mexico, right? Is he? Um, maybe? I don't not. think
1: he won. Uh, oh, he might. He, he might have won uh WCQ. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I feel like I remember the name. If I, I, I feel like I might even met him. But
1: he has, he has five. Five, I, yeah, I was going to ask, do two, we know how many people three, have won five? He's got two, Andres and uh, Alejandro. So wait,
0: there, Andres has how many?
1: He has four YCS wins. It's uh-huh. uh, one remote duel and then three um, like regular YCS. And yep. then he has a UDS win.
0: Okay. And then uh, you said the other Alejandro has?
1: I'm pretty sure he has five. I think he has like two SJCs, a YCS, a WCQ. He might actually only have four. Okay. I, th- I don't think he won... He, oh, he might have won um, a third SJC, though. But I know he won in Teledad format.
0: Crazy. So, yeah. damn, that's 2008. Teledad's 2008. For people who don't know, that is 14 years ago, just to put it in perspective.
1: It's
0: crazy. Uh, you may be the first person in history to win five YCS. In fact, you are the front runner for the first person to ever win five YCS. I think that you will be that person, too. And that is yeah, insane. Dream. That's <laughs> an insane thing. So now I'm starting to say... As I was thinking about, like, when you won, I started to think to myself, like, but you're basically setting yourself up to be the Tom Brady of Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, you're going to be the fucking goat. Like, it's going to be hard to not have you... Well, at this point, you're just a part of the conversation of the best player of all time. Like, you're in that conversation, and that is... It's crazy because I've known you since you were literally a child. Like, an actual... I met you in 2012, I believe, (laughs) at Long Beach.
1: It was Long Beach, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: we met in Long I buy Beach.
1: Your that was the,
0: yeah. So you, randomly, I posted that I have a spell ground for sale on Facebook, probably. And Chris hits me up. I don't know who this kid is. Like he hits me up. He's like, "Yo, mm-hmm. I'm going to be in Long Beach. How much are you selling a Spellground for?" I sold it for a disgusting price nowadays. Like I'm pretty sure it was like two ninety five or two fifty or some bullshit. Now
1: it was like it was like three hundred dollars. It like, was probably like three hundred max. Like now, max yeah. though it was yeah, man, literally max. There's no way it could have been more than that. Cause no, that's like what they were at the time.
0: Yeah. 2012. Like they were, they were nowhere near I would buy every single one for 300. Like I'll, I'll take every <laughs> yeah. single one in the world for 300. I'll empty everything out. Like no question. But, um, we met and at the time it was like, okay, some guy who just like some kid, not even some guy, some kid wants to buy my spell ground. And I actually was fishy about this whole thing. I was like, I don't know how I feel about selling it to a 13 year old kid. Like I thought it was so weird. I told, I remember I told Silverman, I was like, yo, like I could sell this to anyone basically because anyone will buy them. Like they were still a hot commodity, but I was like, Yeah, this this random kid like wants to buy my spell ground. I'm gonna sell it to him. It's no big deal. I have a second one. And uh, yeah, you came up to me, you bought it, you were like happy and everything. And the next thing I know, that same year, like the same year of Long Beach, <laughs> you fucking won a tournament. You won a YCS. Like the same year. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, so, crazy. I have
2: a question. who hits the other one up? So after you sell him the spellground, when's the next time you guys hit each other up? To Start becoming like, like, uh, I so, have no clue, yeah, because we have, we
0: have a pl- I, I didn't even go back all the way, but I, we have DMs going back literally 10 years, like 10 plus years. Like, I've known Chris since before he won, and like literally throughout his entire career of playing Yu Gi Oh! You
2: sell him of, a spell grill, and you're like, hey, by the way, you won using my spell grill. <laughs> well,
0: I don't <laughs> even know if you had it at that point. Like, I, I don't, that, I think
1: I, I, I had it, but I wasn't playing on it because they, I was using the top cut map that they gave me.
0: Okay, yeah, that is a thing um but yeah that's that's just so i think your your trajectory at this point is literally setting you up to be when it's all said and done like you might end up being the best player of all time just statistically (laughs) and and i think that this last win really put you on that track like obviously you already had three and three is that's already a class of people that is just above god level like that's already so hard there's
1: like 12 people that have well, three YCS wins. I think there's like probably like eight people that have. like. Yes.
0: Three. So that was already a very exclusive class. We just got a new one with Joshua, Joshua, Joshua Smith. Yeah. recently.
1: That motivated me so much. Like once he won, I was like, oh my God, I really want to win. The so crazy much part league. is I was, his,
0: I was watching his stream of when you won. And uh, I actually love Joshua's channel. I love his YouTube channel because it's actually been helping me to learn Modern Yu-Gi-Oh! And I also love just like his streams and stuff. He's really, really smart. Obviously a really good player. But I've never gotten to like interact with him because he's he pretty much stays in Europe, and
1: I've also never met him too. So. Me either. I don't. I don't think We're about so. I'm about to meet him next month. I'm gonna say or, I never or met two him. Weeks.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say I never met him. But I hope that we didn't meet and I forgot because I have a bad memory sometimes. But like. He's one of the players no, that's like a goat across the seas. Like, he's the goat across the seas. And for him to win, but then catch up to you, and then you immediately win right after. He even said on a stream, he was like, damn, I just caught up to this guy last week, and he already just moved on again. Like, you just went right to four. And four is so hard. Like, three is hard, but four is even harder, obviously. It's crazy. It's
1: it's so hard, like, once you're, like, in top. Because I, um, I got third place at Mexico this year. Uh, my only loss was in top four. But I, like, oh, went damn. undefeated the whole tournament and then i lost an and- uh, to andres in top four and i was playing a 50 card prank kid deck so like we were already on the way of like playing more cards like yeah um especially because we played mystic mine in our deck so like you never deck out whenever you whenever you mystic mine well, this, you deck the despia?
0: Out. this is the despia tournament right yeah because i had no outs
1: to mine in the in their despia deck
0: okay so if you mine them it was a straight up game and like, you get a free it win. was
1: just zero outs yeah they literally just like <laughs> I, I looked at them and i'm like are we, are we
0: gonna do this <laughs> So wait, it went the it, did it go to game three or something?
1: Uh, versus Andres, yeah. Um, he won the dice roll. Uh, he set up pretty nice game one. I lost game one, and then game two he makes a misplay, and I capitalized on it. Um, I totally swung the whole match like Damn in my favor.
0: Misplay that is insane. Oh, I would have loved to see it I I streamed.
1: I, I won. Yeah, they didn't do any type of coverage for those events. Um, the South American ones, Central America. It's it's kind of sad too because like it was like stacked top cut. Like top eight had eighteen wins alone. Holy shit. It was crazy.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Like
1: the, the average person having, like, two and a half wins. I'm
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so ignorant. That's so <laughs> <bizarre>. <laughs> Not the average person having two and a half wins in top eight. Like, that. that is a stat for you. Damn. It makes me want to come back to Yu-Gi-Oh! so bad. Everyone keeps begging me. And now after Hansel, Hansel came back, won Nationals again, which is, that's, like, one of the most crazy things that I've ever heard of. Because Nationals are so hard to win. Like
1: nationals is the hardest tournament. I will literally say this like all day, any day that it's way harder than Worlds. I think U.S. Nationals is the hardest tournament there. Like there is.
0: Yeah, it's once a year, so you get one stab at it, and everyone pretty much knows like what the meta is. But there's very few things that people usually come up with. Like Pat obviously broke his format in 2013 with the vanities emptiness in the main deck and stuff like that. But usually, nationals is like a solved format like every time it's exactly season, yeah it's usually pretty solved like 2016 was domain monarchs like okay like that's not there's nothing special they try
1: to it. make it they try to make it like that so like like um, the average player yeah come to the event and play like so they don't have but for the ycs that have been happening recently they had like a new set come out Yep. A couple of days before that changes
0: the event, everything.
1: It's so hard. That's why a lot of my friends aren't even going to Pasadena. Like a lot of my friends didn't go to Minneapolis because they're like, it's just too close to a new set. I want to feel comfortable, play my deck, and I'm like, no, they don't realize. Like,
0: this is opportunity time. If I was a Yu-Gi-Oh player, exactly. Right now, if I was a Yu-Gi-Oh player right now, I feel like I would be so amped because you can get so many wins, and they're technically easier than the wins that you get when people know what the format is. Like, people now have your deck list, so now they're on whatever yeah. you were on. Yeah, <laughs> that's the ha- scary
1: part. <laughs> and you have to
0: evolve now, right? Because, like, you can get... Well, now Ibley probably isn't the same as he was, but, like, the whole point is, let's say there was another YCS this week and there wasn't a new set with the Ishizu cards. People would be doing exactly what you're doing and that's annoying because then you have to make... You have to develop counterplay for, like, your own deck. And yeah. uh, I remember when me and Pat were on the same team. He would always say how basically formats have a script to them, like a storyline. And you start off with a deck, and then the Perfect. format evolves where people copy that deck because you just won with it. And then you have to create the counter for it. So let's say you start off with Fire Fist, and like, even though he would never, but let's just yeah. use this as an example. <laughs> if you start off with Fire Fist and you won the tournament, everyone copies Fire Fist. They think Fire Fist is the best deck. And then you switch to water while everybody's playing Fire Fist, you just destroy them. <laughs> And then after that, you switch to like something that beats water, and you keep going like that. And sometimes you can't do that. Like some formats, they they don't evolve naturally where you can keep countering your own strategy. But when they do, you just rack up wins. Like that motherfucker who has eight. Like you just end up with eight. It's
1: it's like a foreign concept to people, though. Like like preparing for um, like to play versus like your deck after an event.
0: Yeah, not many people People have that experience. Well, most people, I mean, honestly, don't have the. of course, most people don't have the experience with playing against their own deck because they're not as influential as like people like you and Pat and Jeff and Billy. Like. It,
1: it becomes hard at like a certain point where you yeah. literally have to be cautious of like who hears your ideas. Like, yep. we well, did you hear tell, what happened like,
0: to Joshua Schmidt before he won yes, the tournament? Actually,
1: he, someone took like recorded like him writing his deck uh, deck list or something, right? Yes, and
0: they, they like spread that? it out to the venue. Uh, I think on Friday or maybe Saturday morning, but like a lot of people knew about his deck. Before the tournament started, with enough time to change their deck,
1: it makes sense yeah. that like that wouldn't be as like influential as like if they knew about our deck before the tournament. Yes, because like his deck was very basic, like it was very uh, well constructed deck, but like it wasn't anything like that far out there that you could really like you know
0: the one thing like, that prepare I was- for. The one the one thing I thought was crazy was the main deck, Lava Golem, triplicate, was really good, obviously. And the Mannequin Cat, I think it was, with, like, the whole toolbox. Not to say that these things are, like, completely I mean, unknown.
1: Mannequin Cat was crazy for that event.
0: Mannequin Cat was wild. Uh, Red Resonator, like, whatever, like, went in time. Um, but yeah, there's a, there was a lot of like cool little things and I think that they do give you an edge, but yeah, it's not like some groundbreaking, like Ibley is fucking groundbreaking. Like if you're not aware of that, that's going to happen to you. And yeah. You're, it's, it's, just do- a, it's a
1: huge difference
0: yes. than, than
1: just you playing like, cause I think he piloted the deck really well and that's yeah. why he like won the event for sure. Cause you can't really take a deck like that and like have a higher chance, like any other unless like the player is going to do well, yeah. honestly. Because, yeah, like, you don't really have a huge deck advantage,
0: yeah. And the finals was, I think, two runic sprite decks. So, you're playing a mirror match in the finals, and then, like, you know, he just od'd on that guy, like, he absolutely yeah. od'd on <laughs> him.
1: I knew once, obviously, once he got to the finals, I'm like, oh, Josh has been here so many times, he's not going to be like nervous, he's just going to win because, he, like, it's also a mirror match, like, yeah. you have to think, like, he's got so much more experience, like,
0: yeah. and And his opponent, um, was actually really good, apparently, like, I don't really know him. Because I think he's European as well, but he's also like amazing at the game. But like Josh has just been playing for as long as I've been playing. Like I feel like me and Josh are old heads in Yu Gi Oh! at this point. And like,
1: yeah, just, it's kind of crazy that we've never crossed paths, honestly. Like, just yeah, like, again, I don't think I've ever so met him long.
0: in person. I, In fact, it was so funny. My one friend said, can you get Josh on a podcast? And I was like, I don't even think we're friends on Facebook. I said that as, like, a joke. because <laughs> To me, it was like, if we're not even friends on Facebook, then my chances of having you on the podcast are, like, zero to none. So I checked yeah, Facebook, I and he was just, it was, like, friends. And I was like, oh, shit, we're actually friends on Facebook. I, I, as well ask. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know. Well, I am scheduling, I'm scheduling a lot of stuff, but I definitely, I mean, I would love to have Josh and like pretty much everyone. Like I I love everyone who loves the game of Yu-Gi-Oh and really, really wants to do well. I love having like top players on. I love having people who aren't, who aren't even necessarily top players because I love Yu-Gi-Oh so much. Like, like, I, I,
1: I like talking to people that it might not be as good, but like. They love the game and you can really feel that energy. So yeah. I appreciate that the most.
0: And sometimes you do learn from those people too. Like I've had, I've had times where people who are pretty casual will have an idea that's actually kind of cracked and people just aren't on it yet. And that's funny when it happens too, It's like, holy shit. Like I did not expect this random comment from 2007 to be the best, like, you know, meta choice right now or some kind of crazy.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, right. some some, sometimes people just like uh say their ideas but like a lot of people don't take them serious because they're not like well-known or like have like credentials or whatever but you know you gotta listen to like people when you think the idea is good not just when you think the player is good
0: yep that's that's a hundred percent correct i think that uh just you know don't judge people just by their credentials definitely if the idea is good good. it is
1: like i have um, when I started playing again, my friend Jose like uh, got me back into the game. He had zero tops. He just started playing like two years ago, So yeah. like he's already like a like fairly dominant player. Like he got he got thirty third in the YCS this year. He topped sixty four nationals. Um, we're also on the same team, so like he, he's definitely been showing out.
0: Yeah, that's really um, good. He's had no
1: prior. It's um. Oh, I can catch you with the list.
0: And real quick, so you said he had there. no priors, but he's already starting to like really step up and become a, a known player which is nice
1: yeah he um like i said like just started playing um it was kind of crazy how we met um i'm like you look very familiar because i went to a local like i got to see like Joji Orlando uh after like a few years like they yeah. were doing a 3v3 um and i'm like yo you look really familiar do i know you from anywhere like when did you start playing he's like oh like last year and i was like oh i definitely don't know you then and then i <laughs> later found out that we played Poker together at one of these uh, oh. like uh, poker rooms, and it was just like a coincidence. And I was like, This is this is wild. <laughs> but for as for the JNC team, um, we got Jose Santiago, uh, Tej Amin, uh, Felix Rodriguez, Andres Torres, Sean Pittman, Elijah Green, uh, Austin Calling, uh, DB Grinder, um, Joe Orlando, uh, James Guerrero, Manav. Um, oh, Ine, this team is then, crazy. Yeah, it's it's a pretty nice team. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, this team is actually crazy. There needs to be a picture with all you guys on it.
1: I know because uh, the one we took at Minneapolis uh, is missing a few people. But um, yeah, I, didn't, I had probably... no idea
0: this team was that big. I didn't know that it was that stacked either. Like that's a fucking team.
1: It just it just started too. Like I just joined like a couple months ago. So so what's the stand for? You said it's JNC. JNC, yeah i is, um, is honestly, I have no clue.
0: Because okay. whenever I have this thing where if I hear an acronym, I just have to ask. And I noticed that 99 of the time, I ask, I ask for acronym meanings at my job. I'm like, "What does that mean?" And they're like, "We actually just don't know." And I'm like, "How do you I'm not just, know? Like, you're a fucking
1: sounds okay. You're no, a CFO.
0: Yeah. Like my, I remember I asked like a director or something, and they were just like, "I have to get back to you on that." I was like, "What the fuck? You've been here for like 20 years. Like, how do you not know?" But anyways, um, so what do you? What do you think about where Yu Gi Oh is right now going into Pasadena? Do you think, because a lot of people are complaining prematurely about how the Ishizu cards are kind of toxic, <laughs> just to be blunt about it. Like they're kind of toxic, and uh, you have to play like 37 cards or 30, not 37, but like you have to play like 30 of the same cards in your deck as everyone else, which is not a good thing. Uh, how I do think you, gonna you, zero, zero <laughs> you think it's going
1: to be a tier zero format?
0: You think it's going to be tier zero? Tier zero formats, I personally enjoy.
1: Yes. I do too. Yeah, um, it's really just going to come up to like techs. Uh, like tech choices are going to matter so much for this event going into it. People will know that everyone's going to be on uh, Shizu tier. Yeah. If you're not, you just have a huge disadvantage versus the deck, obviously, because like you're just going to get mill no five, mill no five. Like yeah. it, you literally just cannot like afford to let that happen unless you're playing a card like D Shifter. Um, yeah. So I think we're going to see a, not a lot of diversity when going into into this next event. But it's easier to prepare for. But then again, the Shizu cards, like by themselves, are a hard enough engine to like play, uh, play against and like figure out how to like deal with them because they're so versatile. Like you can special summon them, you can interact with the graveyard, you can mill cards, that interact with your deck more. Like they're all just like super, imp- uh, ha- very heavy impact cards.
0: So have you been playtesting a shit ton already?
1: Yeah, I've I've been uh I've been playtesting a lot. That's why it's been hard to like release content. Um, I went to this regional, like I said, in Catskill. Um just been playing you like every day, <laughs> but yeah. that was also before I went um, to Ecuador and uh, Minneapolis. Like I was just playing every day. I, I feel like I tested like more than I have in the past. Uh, like since I started playing again.
0: Yeah. Because the way you played the finals of Minneapolis, when he bricked, you played your turn so fucking fast. I was like, yo, Chris is playing like he knows he has a game. And then you did kill him. And I love seeing people play that fast because it just means that you know exactly what you're doing and you know exactly what they don't have. Yeah, like,
1: that's uh that was like kind of my thing. Like normally I either put like my, my elbow up uh, and they're like, Oh, Chris is comboing, or like I just start playing fast and I'm like, oh Chris about to win. So, you were playing
0: <laughs> so outrageously fast. He like he like went first, set a couple back rows and passed, and you knew immediately what that meant.
1: You have to also understand, like, I don't know if you can hear it from the audio, but like, everyone in the room started screaming when he set three and passed.
0: Yeah, because everyone's like, okay, the well, whole first of room, all, that's man. a brick. <laughs> like, there's no backwards no, that he no can possibly... Flunders. Yeah, if they if they draw like that, you just know his game. And after, basically, the way game one went, once I saw that, I was like, well, that was his one chance, and like, that shit did not go according to plan. So, I, as soon as he lost game one, I said, that's it. Like, still, Yeah, like, I figured he was going to break game two but... or three. Cause yeah. I'm
1: like, this is Blunder. Like, I know how it goes. Like, if I win game one, I'm like super favorite, probably like eighty percent to win, like the match.
0: Yes. Yeah. So when you won game one, I said, "Up, oh, that's it." I think Josh was saying it on our stream too. We all were like, "All right, we can pack, like, pack up and go home." And then when he opened his hand and said three back rows pass, I said, "Oh no!" And yeah, your hand I was, was so fucking
1: confused. broke. Yeah, my hand was insane. It was I, also, like I was like Pearl Rhino, so like
0: everything. Yeah.
1: Because yeah, terraforming double grief um, it was like a tear. Like, there's like there is no way that. I couldn't kill him with that hand. And I also knew I'm like, like, what are these back row? I'm like, Yeah, you were you going can't, seconds, feather storm me, like
0: Yeah, it was real bad. Actually, this shit's over. Chris just got his fourth win. And uh that it was just too fire. Too fire. I guess let's let's go back like really far. How did you even start playing Yu-Gi-Oh? Like how did this how did this passion of yours develop uh at a young age, I'm assuming?
1: um i was at uh, i was watching this show like just uh at my mom's work when i was like six years old <laughs> and then yes. uh i was like oh i want to go to like toys r us and like get these cards like they're like mad cool and then uh i went one morning one saturday morning and they ended up having like these little like uh like, meet and greets for, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! And, like, the the employees would, like, help you, like, learn the game and uh, understand the cards, Look like about, like, free cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, on top of that, the guy that worked there uh, told me about a locals. So, like, I went to my first locals when I was, like, seven years old. Um, and, like, my first, uh, like, SJC in 2005, so when I was eight, yeah. Um, because it was close to me.
0: I think that's also my first SJC. 2005, there was but, SJC um, in Philly. That was when sure.
1: Bobby won. Yeah, uh, Bobby won. Uh, uh, yeah, SJSU Boston it was kind of crazy.
0: <laughs> so you, yeah, you went to Boston. I think my first one was Philly in 2005, which probably was the first Philly. I remember. So Kyle Duncan, I think, won that one from Canada. Uh, okay. We're like recruiter chaos. It was like a recruiter chaos. Oh game. yeah. And it played like The Crees and Creature Swap and Shining Angels, Missing Tomatoes. And I remember going to that event. I thought I was hot shit. I got fucking scraped, and I realized that there was a whole <laughs> different level of like players out there at that point. Like okay. So you got to really yeah. step it up. But yeah, so you went to, so basically you started at six or seven, obviously with this, the anime, which is really cool that you, you watched that too. I definitely started off with the anime as well. And then eventually got to the point where you started going to locals. Uh, but you're so, you were such a young kid that like, you know, whatever, like at that age. I was just really having dumb. fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Uh, were you good as a kid? Were you one of those? Cause there's some kids, especially in the Philadelphia area, when I was coming up, that were insane like we had a kid mark velez uh adam ginsburg like luke feeney these are all people who have top ycs's and they were young as hell and they were insanely good so it just like made everyone else better
1: yeah i, w- well, I, I was lucky enough to have um like uh joe uh, giolando and like paul clark and uh stefan like uh, yep. joe Bogley, like all these people around me when i was a kid yeah so i t- uh i just learned from them um I it was kind of funny uh, at h d c Boston. I actually beat somebody, um, and I was their only loss. They went eight one and they got ninth place. Damn. And I would I know because if looking back it now, I'm like damn. If I was like, if it was like switched the other way around, I'd be like, how did I just lose to this
0: like eight year old? Yeah, not only is that ridiculous, but the top eight cut thing is crazy.
1: <laughs> that was also insane. <laughs> like, yeah. Cut the like, top going eight-, eight one and just not making it.
0: <laughs> cut the top eight is crazy. Uh, and then after that, like I guess not much longer than after that, you you're like 12, 13 years old. And you went to YCS, so it's like, oh man, yeah, that's that was, that's uh, that's insane. What do you think about the time rules right now? Because um, oh I, so I I have <laughs> a lot. Thing. It is very controversial. It's very volatile. If you write the wrong thing on Twitter, you'll be crucified. Uh, but time rules. So I'll just I'll just state, and I've I have stated on this podcast already. I fucking hate them. And it's one of the things that, like, honestly deters me so much. I hate the new time rules. I'm taking a hard stance on it because I've watched multiple YCSs in the last month on stream, and I'm going to be honest with you, almost every single game on stream ends in time, like, low-key. The amount of games that end on sh- on, sh- on stream in time, is, it has to be over 70%. Like, if I watch a 10-round 11-round YCS, at least seven of the mm. rounds go to time And that is really unfortunate. So, to start with Minneapolis, I saw round one with Scott Page. He's playing Pendulums. I don't remember who his opponent was, but it went to time. It wasn't anyone's fault, per se. Like, no one was slow playing or anything like that. They just, like, took their time. Combos take fucking forever. And at the end of it, Scott went first game three, and he did some shit where he, like, gained life or burned his opponent. I'm not even sure which one it was, but, like, the life, he changed life. And then the game was over. And, like, then i saw go ahead
1: i was gonna say yeah so like the biggest problem that i think people have is like knowing when like you need to like do like people need to be uh be doing their combos like a lot faster than they do them already yes i feel like that's where they end up losing the time like to time like later in the match is because they're just not doing things quick enough and that's like a huge flaw a lot of you players have because they don't they don't really realize it Because nobody's going to sit there and tell them, like, you need to play faster. But, like, there are people that will just, like, tell you that. And that's a huge reason why people end up losing. They're like, oh, I lost in time. It's like, no, you probably could have managed your time better earlier in the match. And then you could have avoided it. That's also why I like to play fast. Because I don't ever, well, I rarely go into time. And I rarely have to deal with that that aspect of the game, which is, like, a huge
0: everyone hates. I'd rather just lose flat out than lose to the way the new time rules are set up because so many yeah. top players I've watched like I'm talking about some of the best players ever I've watched losing time to some bullshit. Like literally I saw Jesse Cotton losing time in YCS this yeah. year. Like he had Cosmic Cyclone and everything and I was like that is really unfortunate. Like he... Can't do anything. Shu Ping, I'm pretty sure, also lost uh in time at the Minneapolis YCS uh on stream. Being in top 30. Sh- oh, no. Different different round. Yeah. So he lost. He played in the stream and he played against another person who's really good. I forget who it was. It was Shu Ping versus somebody. They we were both like 6 0. And Shu, like, game three, had to go second. And the guy, like, comboed off. Oh, it's was, it was Cody, right? I'm pretty sure it was oh, Cody. Okay. And I'm pretty sure, like, Cody, the full combo, set up two negates and then was like, activate foolish burial, send a spider to the graveyard. And I assume that that's yeah,
1: kinda, the the insect, the insect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I assume that when he played foolish burial, cause Peng put his hand out and that I was like, okay, that's, that is just not how I want to lose to like, no.
1: Uh, yeah. See, uh, nobody wants to play a match like that.
0: <laughs> and, and again, it's not like shoe and Cody by any means were slow playing. Like they played at a reasonable pace, but the combos take so long and they were moving fast. But then another thing I don't like, and this is like, this is also probably controversial, but I don't really care the judges interrupt those feature matches a lot and sometimes I feel like it's unnecessary. necessary like sometimes yeah. I've seen a judge just ask a question about like what's happening but that's kind oh of my like,
1: gosh that is my biggest pet peeve is okay when, like, so you understand judge, what okay, I'm saying like when a judge asks me is like how did this happen and I'm like wait like you're watching the game and you're <laughs> asking me how like this legal play happened I'm yes. like I, I'm not like ever trying to like disrespect the judge I'm just like Same. I don't I also don't want to ask them and be like, oh, can you give me a time extension because you paused my game? Because they pause, they pause it for like 30 to 40 seconds and I'm like, all right, we just lost that time because I can't play. Yes. But also I'm like, I'm explaining, like we're, we didn't call a judge. It's just judges will t- uh, sometimes tend to like come to your match and like if they see something that looks incorrect, like I, I also applaud them for doing this because they don't have to, but, like making sure that like the, uh, the, the integrity of the game actually yes, stays. Yeah. they want to
0: like, make sure that the game I, is I
1: appreciate not that part, yeah.
2: That's said. If they if they're trying to maintain the integrity, which is good, they should also still maintain. They should extend the time by the amount of time they pause the game because that's going to maintain the integrity yes. of the game.
0: Yes.
1: But apparently, so there is a uh, it's in in the policy that anything under a minute, you don't get added time. So I understand where that comes from as well. But that's, it's normally just like the 30, 40 seconds that like, I just want back.
0: Yeah, that yeah. matters. I've seen people literally fucking going through a deck, scrambling and shuffling really fast and trying to put on to Field on in enter battle phase. And they're li- like, those 40 seconds would change everything. I've seen people lose. Yeah.
1: A, but, a big see. thing people don't uh understand too is that you cannot just skip phases um just because you want to win in time like people will do this like try to do this to me all the time they're like they're like draw a phase uh stand by a main and then like they'll like summon a monster and be like uh, battle phase and i'm like whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's just not how the game works yeah. like, you have to interact every phase because you do it when you sit down and you play a game of Yu-Gi-Oh. you go yeah. draw a phase stand by a main. like you say this every time because you need to announce your phases yep. and people will literally just think that like oh you're just gonna get like these extra phases just because you want to rush me at this point in the game. But so if I have responses, like the game's not going to just go like how you want it to go. <laughs>
0: yeah, that makes sense. The time rules are cutthroat as hell. It's honestly brought out some, the, uh, some really ugly shit in the Yu-Gi-Oh community. Like, yeah. Like me being an outsider and watching, I just see a lot of scummy stuff that it really just triggers me. Like we all know it goes. It's so on. scummy.
1: Like so it's many, so, so many people scummy. just scum, scum their way to a win. And like this is why I'm, like I said before, like a huge, like, like I'm very much against like going into time. After. Yes, so like, I really I, just I know you're it. like that too.
0: We played one time, I'm pretty sure at YCS Providence 2016 when I was playing uh, the Cosmo deck with demise. I think me and McCabe played that deck and top with that shit. And I forget what you probably play BA. Cause that BA was the best deck for sure. Um, yeah. And like, we played really fast, but I remember you even saying like, "He's speed up. And I was like, no problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, and I do the same thing to people. You need to be comfortable with r- like, not rushing your opponent, but you need to be comfortable with telling your opponent to play at a better Just pace. Keeping
1: the pace. Yeah. Keeping the pace at the same. And like, you can tell certain, uh, certain times where like, it's like a stretch or someone's like thinking like extra you- hard, like, even like when they get like a like a slow play warning or something like the, I remember I was playing Asala in top eight of uh, Guadalajara this year yeah. and like he, the, the judge gave us both slow play warnings and I'm like don't worry dude I know you're not slow playing yeah. <laughs> and he said the same thing to me afterwards when I got the slow play warning or it was vice versa I got mine first and then he got one right after I was like this is just
0: I've seen some of those too that are outrageous like I've seen some literally twenty seconds have passed and they're like slow play warning and that's that's just not okay. Like there's just some times yeah. where I think people don't realize how how much time 20 seconds actually is. Like it, it feels slow if you sit there and count the 20. But like when you're watching a match, you might not realize that even though the guy's like looking at his hand, looking at his grave, like that, that's necessary. Like these decks are complicated as hell. And like I just don't think that people should be getting slow play warnings when they aren't actually slow playing ever. Like obviously that just goes without saying.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because, like, that's a huge controversial topic about like how what is too much time in between making a play. Yeah. So normally, when people, like judges will watch me, they'll get they'll give me a slow play warning for something that another person would not get a slow yes. play warning for because you typically because play fast, exactly. Like the pace that I normally cool. playing at, they look at that pace and then they judge like if I'm slow playing or not based on that. I'm like, well, sometimes I do just want to think a little bit yes. longer on a play, but I do play like inherently. Like fast for that yeah. reason, so I don't have to deal with stuff like that. But then all of a sudden they're like slow play warning. I'm like, because I took Honestly, the normal allotted time.
0: <laughs> I I think you're actually right, and I never really thought about it like that. I have almost never gotten a slow play warning i might have gotten two in my entire life and i am not a fast player at all
2: because fraser will just sit there every time like, t- i 80. think
0: i think for a good amount of time and sometimes like when i know exactly where the game state is i play fucking fast as shit but when it's like early turn setup and like opening hand i literally look at my opening hand for like the same amount of time as Ben levered if you know what i mean and and i'll look at my opening hand and so let I'll, me just shuffle my cards real quick yeah i'll shuffle <laughs> my cards i'll look i'll make sure i know exactly what i have and then like okay this is how i'm gonna open because i feel like the opening back then especially was like so important now it's like do you have combo or not like you should just know yeah. you should just have your combos memorized there's no reason why you should be taking way too long but what i get afraid of when i watch you play on stream you do play very fast which is great but I think that what you said makes a lot of sense because when you start to think it slows the game down so much from what they're used to watching, it makes them want to give you a slow play warning. And what I mean by that is when you play and you stop to think, you put your hand on your head. Like you literally do this thing where like you quickly go like this and then like you kind of go back to like playing right. the game. But like it's only for a, a little while. And then that that to a person and who's it's watching. It's taking like way too much out of
1: context for them. They're over here like, no, nah, he's, he's like slow playing. Like it's I'm like. It's like, like, bro. Dude, I just,
0: I, can I think? <laughs> like, I promise you, he's not slow playing. He does not want this to go into time. I genuinely think that a lot of the the best players just like accept the fact that they're better than a lot of people, and they don't need to go into time to win. So, if you're re- if you really think you're that good, then like, don't scum your way to win.
1: Like, there's no. Yeah, like I win. I am very heavily against it. Um, like I would rather just play like the last five minutes like of a game, like yeah. super quick. So that we actually, like, come to, like, a conclusion. Like, like who's the actual winner? But, like, yeah. you never really feel good in, like, situations, like, uh, where you, like, win in time just because you're up in life points. Like, you could literally just be down, like, ten cards on the board and, like, still win, which is, like, so sad.
0: Yeah. And it's happened.
2: I have uh, brought this up before. So, Chris, what do you think about, because um, this sounds like something that would benefit you. What do you think if Yu-Gi-Oh! adopted something similar to, like, the chess clock where, you know, both players have a timer oh. and on your turn, <laughs> your timer is running and when you end your turn, you press the button. In that, in that instance, the judges don't need to have slow play warnings because each player has a, a, an overall kind of chess clock timer. So when you get to the end, it's like this guy wasted 40 minutes. So like you, for example, you play all your turns relatively quickly. You'll have so much extra time on your clock to actually, you know, sit there and have a chance to think and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think, I think Yu-Gi-Oh! I think, I mean, everybody has expressed the idea of redoing the time rules and they don't like the time rules, Um I think something like a chess clock is something that would really benefit Yu-Gi-Oh.
1: I think th- it would benefit the game and like definitely uh, how they would handle like penalties. But I think obviously like it would never happen because they still want to keep that like casual player base, and that yeah, would yeah, like yeah. add a whole different dimension to it. And it's like, and I think who's going to want to sit down and play something for fun? And then just I don't have a time clock in front of me now. You know? Like, yeah, yeah,
0: I was going to say I think the reason why it's unrealistic, and I love the idea, Kenny. Honestly, I really do because it would be great for especially to get practice like that I, I that would just be fun to do in real life if you want to play <laughs> test just to see how fast you can get right like if we if you just did it to play test like have a clock and do it so that way you know i'm not the fucking person taking this time
1: um, i feel like it would be crazier too because like imagine if you're it's not in between each play it's like every turn right yes so like i'm pretty sure you could do like turn like a 10 minute combo into like a two minute combo if you just like know what you're doing already yep like it shouldn't take as long as like how like how long people actually yeah like combo.
0: you said people do play casual even at a YCS level when they're comboing there's a lot of needless shuffling too like there's a lot of just
1: yeah. like, I'm a fan of the shuffling not a fan of like uh like when they're like shuffling their deck after every interaction I'm like I'm just gonna put my deck down and then once you once I need to cut
0: like, yes. yeah, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna present card. my deck. Yes, if I'm going to draw a card, obviously I'm going to give you my deck. Like, but if I'm going to search again. I'm so
1: skeptical about it. I don't know why. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: It, what if, uh, now I don't think, I was just asking to C- hear your opinions on it. I don't think they'll ever implement it in any form. What if they implemented it just like in top 32 or top 16? Do you think, I think that's what something? They do for, top, for top cuts, nice. They add more time.
0: Yeah. So I think starting in like top eight or something, the, the timer gets to a point where it's like an hour.
1: Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. crazy because I'm over here thinking I'm like this is this is what I want. Like yes. I don't want to get cheesed in time. Like I yeah. want to play on my whole match. Like, this is way more than enough time. Um there was a, a really, that, that, they really fixed it with that.
0: There was a really interesting discussion with Joshua Schmidt and I think on Peck's podcast or on his live stream about time, and they brought up a lot of good points. And one of them, when they asked Josh what he like thinks about like increasing the time overall, because they, they acknowledged that you need more time because they give you more time for the finals. They give you more time for top four. They give you more time for top eight. So that's the company acknowledging that people need more time to play or that they know how to, they at least know how to get a guarantee conclusion without it just being life points, right? Like they know that adding an extra 50, because right now it's at 45 minutes. So if they know if adding 15 minutes will get us to a guarantee conclusion, pretty much, like why don't they do that for every single round, including Swiss? And it would be
1: ways we'll be here till like monday yes and so that, why, that, yes.
0: that is the issue because konami is now paying the actual judges money like it's no longer just product they're giving yeah. like when i judge for a while under the new payment plan and it's just like minimum wage wherever you live uh which in philly it's fucking terrible i can't imagine no people in oh cali is like 15 dollars yeah, hour, right. i think but like in philly it's, it's like, like 725 like pretty high where
1: i live too in mass it's like like 18 or not Not that high. It's probably like 15 or something
0: like that. Yeah. I think it's probably, it's probably 15, but like you're literally more than double what it is in Philadelphia, which is crazy.
1: Yeah. That's insane. It's that like exactly in Florida too.
0: Yes. Yeah. So think about that. Like how much more money it will cost them. Uh, cause they are a business at the end of the day. And then the other thing is like, it is a little strange to me though, that top cut starts to get more time than Swiss because you're playing a different game, kinda, once you get the top cut, and the timer does increase. Like, people side deck cards for time now, which I really don't like, but I understand why it's, they do it. It's
1: so toxic, because, like, they, they force players to do it, like, which is yes, the problem. I like, don't blame you can't have the time rules like this. I don't blame if, if the players
0: when I see Resonator in their side decks. I don't blame the players when I see them doing stuff like that. Um, I just think that it really fucking sucks that this is what it's come to. I know in the beginning of the new time rules, people fought against that, like, really hard doing that. Like, at first, people weren't on ship with Blatantly siding cards for time, right? Like cards that you would never actually play in your deck anywhere.
1: And now that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's everywhere now. which now is it's, a problem, but like now it's you recognize the problem.
0: Yeah, now it's blatantly normal for people to side deck time cards, and I just have a huge problem with the fact that that's that's a part of the game now that you have to accept. Is like he might re- resonate with me. I also don't like when a time is at five minutes, and they're like, "How much time is it around?" Just like eh, it about five minutes, and a person's like, "Okay, I'll scoop." I'm going first. Yeah,
1: and you're just like, all right, well, you, I lose.
0: And you, yeah. And that's, that's literally what happens though. Like again, I'm not blaming these players, but when Xu Ping and Cody's game went really long, like it got to a point where it was like, okay, time is called uh, or time is about to be called. Let's go to game three. I'm going to go first. Cody, did full combo, sent the spider. Shuping put his hand out. Xu Ping didn't get to do anything. Like he just, sat he, there. he
1: didn't even finish doing it. He just knew.
0: <laughs> yes. Like he just sat there and smiled and that like losing like that. Now, granted, I did you top Minneapolis? He did top. Um, granted, they both yeah. still topped, which is great, but uh I would still be really annoyed losing like that. I mean, losing in time has always sucked, but like the new way, you don't even get a turn. You don't even get a chance to like defend yourself or try. You just instantly lose the game. So I'm glad yeah, the, we-
1: old, the old rules were way better, wow. honestly. Yeah. Comparison. Like having the five turns, at least you got to finish the match, which is yeah. like at least you got, got, like, you got you battle phases.
0: Problem. Bro, imagine just not getting battle phases. <laughs>
1: Like battle phases. Yeah, just the, the phase thing is kind of crazy. Like just one phase, like that's just bro. That's all right. Yu-Gi-Oh! without
0: battle phases is crazy. Like Yu-Gi-Oh! with no ba- like Yu-Gi-Oh! is battle phases. Like that is that is the game that we want to play. Like we wanna like no battle phases is insane. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's the end of my rant as far as that goes. I just I really don't like the time rules. I don't even know what the perfect solution is because every solution has problems, and that was a part of the discussion on the uh like PAX podcast. With Josh is like no matter what you do, there's some there's some you know level where it's better than the other ones. We just have to figure out what it is. But naturally, Konami is not really willing to change often. It takes a long time for them to do something as drastic as change the rules. Uh, but it something does need to happen. Like I know they added five minutes to the overall time, but I don't I don't think that's enough. Clearly, and. Feature yeah, matches naturally <laughs> just get interrupted way too often, in my opinion. I just think that when I'm watching feature matches on stream, and a judge reaches over, and then the players are just stopping and talking to the judge, I get that like they're trying to make sure that the integrity of the game is is uh held. But what's funny about that is that oftentimes in those same feature matches, illegal shit happens so often.
1: And it doesn't yeah so get like caught. when I was playing in top cut it was crazy we had to rewind the game state in two separate matches <laughs> I was like
0: of Minneapolis
1: yeah in top four and in the finals
0: what happened in top four um, I don't know if I saw a top four top
1: four I played versus Marcus and then he made um avermax with a IP um that was someone from the graveyard
0: ah uh, yes elf brought it back saying
1: yes elf brought it back and then he couldn't do that and then in the finals um since he had thrown me off because he had said um I, ha- I still have my extra normal summon and then he goes two clan no effect and i was like oh i'm about to get i'm about to get like empened but him saying no effect it was crazy so we had to rewind that because he's like wait how did he summon the empen because i had negated the eaglen effect yeah so we had to rewind that game state um which is ultimately re- winning that game because you're not resolving empen um it's pretty yeah the game's straightforward. over
0: straightforward yeah, yeah. i like, as, as soon as that happened Everybody was like, "Well, that's just game." Like that is just. Yeah, I,
1: I couldn't even believe it happened, honestly. <laughs>
0: yeah, because you're even though you started out, you know, you got shifter or whatever, and you drew the sprite side of your deck. Even with all of that, you could still lose that game. Yeah, like with even with all of that, I was like, "Damn, Chris! Chris's opening actually wasn't that bad against the the shifter." Cause you just, you just blatantly didn't have tier element cards, but like, zero tiers. but like, even, even with your turn one board being kind of like whatever under a shifter, it still wasn't enough to win the game. If his hand is just nice.
1: I believe if he, if he knew what I was playing and he just played shifter at the start of the turn, uh, I probably would have lost because then I wouldn't be able to make elf and then summon back the two, uh, two guys. Uh, How did you start your turn off? I started with Fenrir. Um, I also misplayed, too. I should have summoned it in uh, in defense mode. Yep. I was I just totally spaking out. They like, out. Yeah. And that's, like, what everyone has told me. They're like, you misplayed in the finals. I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but I, like, I am still
0: one. Like, come on.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I do, like, criticize myself, like, more yes, than anyone. So, like, I, I had already known. Yes,
0: yeah, we are always then, our biggest critics. But, like, at the end of the day, uh, everyone misplays, including, like, again, I watched two YCSs in two weekends. So I watch Josh's, and I watch yours. And Josh also misplayed uh, in Top Cut, and he acknowledged it, you know, in his stream and everything like that. And You're it happened. Playing happens. perfect. The whole tournament is so hard. It is now. I. I it's just impossible. Like almost you gotta, impossible, you yeah. Not, <laughs> we gotta call it what it is. It's actually impossible. Even if you go, even if you went undefeated and won the entire event, which very few people have done, even then, you probably still misplayed at some point. Like yeah, a, like a there's no realistic. way that
1: you played perfect like a whole tournament because yes, like there's so robots. many rounds, so much information. Yeah, we're not robots. and pa- that's Patrick, makes, is, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick is not,
0: but he's not. He's not with us. Patrick is like on a different plane. He's just a different. Yeah. <laughs> that is just a different level of Yu-Gi-Oh player, and like you're actually reaching that level. And that's what's fucking crazy to me, Chris. Is that I that's watched you go from too. being yeah. a little boy to now having four wins and possibly being the first person to have five YCS wins. And I mean, the, the sky's the limit. It could happen this weekend. It could just be you this weekend. <laughs> like if you get in the top cut,
1: all bets are. I know. Off. I'm gonna feel. I'm gonna feel real comfortable if I'm in top cut. Um, once I get there, I'm, I'm just like a whole new person. Yeah.
0: And like I, it's and, like a and We know and what happens if you get to the finals. <laughs> like we Same literally that always know, We literally know the ending. Like if you get yeah. to the finals, it's over.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm still surprised Thank that I haven't Brent. lost a game.
0: You haven't lost a game in the finals. Yeah. Oh, no, I thought it was. I thought you at least lost a game. You haven't lost a game in the finals. That's oh. fucking insane. So you're 8-0 in the finals. Yeah. You just straight up have won eight games. Oh. <laughs> That's absurd. Also, uh, I haven't brought this up yet, but you also won a ARG championship, too. Yeah. Right? Like that is a thing. <laughs> like We should not forget about that because those tournaments were hard as fuck as well.
1: Yeah, that was a really tough tournament. Um, I also didn't lose a game in that finals, too, though. But it was, Jesus, it so was, you're uh, actually
0: 10 in yeah. the finals. You're actually just 10 So if you finals, get it was, into the finals, you don't lose. It was 3 out of 5. Oh, okay, my bad. You're 11-0 <laughs> in the finals. This is great. It
1: was crazy. What
0: would
2: you say, Kenny? Um... Uh, so he just does if he gets to the finals like he, he really just game. doesn't lose like what Not the fuck even Technically,
1: lost one game in the, in the finals because i won another circuit um where i lost uh i won three one. so i'm oh, technically okay. uh 14 and one in okay. final games all right you
0: you got That's one insane. in a different in a different circuit but if we just talk about args and konami events you are literally undefeated in the finals and like actually in games which is fucking unreal yeah. Uh, what was that, the, that? Was
1: another circuit? Uh, ARG though. The the one I where I lost in the finals. Okay. Or oh, okay. one game.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say, um, for the ARG championship that you won. Wait, 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 so wait. So, how many? So you have four Konami wins, and then and then two ARGs. Oh, I didn't. Okay, I'm missing. I'm missing some shit. Hold on. We gotta talk about this. Wait, <laughs> what ARGs did you win? And what were the decks? Let, refresh my memory. I'm um, an old man now. I'm a dark sage. So,
1: Pat built the uh the clown deck I deck. I went with that, the 25k.
0: So Pat has and been then... Pat has been pat I need to, I need to talk to Pat. I need to come back to Yu-Gi-Oh! I need to get him to yeah. team. And I need to fucking get my second win and like stop playing because clearly it's even
1: crazier. Pat is the LeBron because...
0: James of Yu-Gi-Oh! because he just fucking come to my team. And I will get you a I will get you a ring. Like fucking who's the who's the guy with the unibrow on the Lakers that got a ring because of Oh
1: Anthony Anthony Davis. <laughs> yes.
0: He's like, come to my team, I will get you your ring, King. And that's that's <laughs> Pat Pat is literally LeBron.
1: It, it's even it gets even you're not even gonna believe what I'm about to tell you though. It gets even way crazier. Because I won the other ARG circuit series, um, with the deck Pat built, um, the Draco Zoo deck. And Jesus then I Christ. won the YCS. Two weeks after that circuit series in in uh, Toronto, so I won the G and then the YCS um, in this like same two week period in twenty seventeen <laughs> when I quit.
0: Oh my god! Why'd you quit? We need to talk about that too. What happened? I just like felt like I wanted to do
1: something different. Like um, I wasn't feeling as great like about the game like anymore, especially because like Links came out yeah. and like I had played the first event with Links. Like I, uh, that that was Toronto when I won, but like well, I knew like the top. master rule yeah I, I literally quit after winning a circuit in, in the ycs i was just but they also changed the game they changed the game a lot they made it the the master i think it was master rule four. oh
2: dude that special summon from the extra deck rule
1: yeah yeah like i was like uh like I, i'm sure you guys saw like my like synchrofusionist deck i'm like yes just extra decks like in general being able to access everything is what i loved about the game I'm like well now it's about to be like so like out there, what you could actually do. Yeah, they oh. limited
0: the game a lot, and it made it really yeah not as fun. So yeah, you, it was um. So you just were like four years. I just, quit. <laughs> damn, that's I did not know that you took such a long break. Like there was a period where I just you know noticed that you weren't in the top cut of every event, but I didn't even realize that years had gone by. Honestly, time has been so weird with the pandemic and like.
1: Oh yeah,
0: just like everything. Mess
1: everything up. Like no events.
0: Yeah, my concept of time is also fucked up now because usually I don't know if you do this too. I, I feel like a lot of the top players have, where you track your life by Yu Gi Oh events. And what I mean by that yes, is yes. I know <laughs> 2012 was you winning with Gear Gear in Providence. I know 2012 is like the year where I taught with wind ups and like wind ups. Oh, I look
1: at it the same way. Like, okay. like my whole life is like determined based on like what year like I played like or like where uh, what year I went like to yes. like x
0: plays yes it's always like okay 2014 is not girls because these were the events and like 2015 is like you know ba and all of it and then i just i literally my whole life was chronological or, or oh. chronological order based on Oh. like that's how i could tell what year it was and like what was going on in that year <laughs> yeah. And now because i don't really play competitively anymore it's harder for me to track these last like five years because i've been i've been retired for like five or six years now And it's really gotten hard. You're
1: like, what year is it? (laughs) Yeah, I'm like,
0: God damn it. What happened in 2017? Like, what was 2018? 2018, I'm like, okay, that was Goki, right? And then I'm like, okay, what was 2019? I'm like, I don't even remember 2019 at all.
1: Yeah, I literally wasn't keeping up with I tried to keep up a little bit in twenty eighteen, um, but then I just like wasn't doing it full time, so I'm like, this is not the same thing.
0: Yeah. Like when I first started watching people play again and they were talking about Adam Accipator, I was like, i missed that entire section of Yu-Gi-Oh! Like I have no idea what those fuck yeah, do.
1: But it's honestly I think it takes like a whole year for you to come back into a format to where yeah. like you're not like asking everybody like, all right, what does this deck do? Because like, it was yes. like a deck from like last year. You go know, to YCS, you play all these different rogue decks still. Even like Sky Striker, like I wasn't playing when Sky Striker came out.
0: Yes. You know so what, that was like
1: though? a huge, prime example of that. You
0: said earlier in this podcast that you you feel like this is about to be a tier zero format. I've heard that repeated by a lot of people. Um, it probably is like the best opportunity for somebody to get in the game if they're going to try to like grind it. I, out.
1: I, I actually agree. If if everyone's playing the same deck, it's probably way easier to learn the format. than yeah, be, it's
0: going to be because I tried to see i tried to see if it was reasonable for me to come back in 2021 mm-hmm. so 2021 i started going to locals again i just randomly decided you know what i've been in the house for two years i want to get the fuck out i started going back to locals when they opened and like silverman was there mccabe came back and mccabe actually started playing modern Yu-Gi-Oh. i was like okay if he's playing you already know i probably got to play too but i said i want to see how you do first because you're the goat so if you can do well then i can do well But if you struggle, then I feel like I will struggle because we're basically the same person in the way we think. He came back and there were 20 different fucking decks. In 2021, there were literally 20 different decks, and they technically could all beat you. And like theoretically, sure, there was like four of them that were really good. You had the Drytron deck, you had PK. There were so many decks. There were bro, I got so much knowledge I had to I hated it. I got so intimidated because you had to read so many different cards from all these different decks. Like, somebody's playing fucking Addignister at my local, and he undefeated. And I'm like, what does that even do? You don't even
1: want to read all of those.
0: (laughs) I didn't. I really, he's like, they basically all do the same thing. I just keep Link climbing until I get to this Towers monster. And I said, okay. So, like, if you draw your field spell, you summon Towers, right? He said, that's exactly what it does. But that was just one of the 20 decks. Like, that was one of them. And you don't want to get cheated, so you really technically have to learn like, all of these different interactions, because you might get cheated if you don't. So, that was intimidating. McKay would play his rounds at Locals, and every single round at my Local, because we just have a bunch of different types of people, they all play different shit. So every round, he had to read different cards. And it just got so bad that he was just like, you know what? Just do your turn. I don't even care. And I laughed. Yeah. Me, me and Steve were like laugh. At like, what's your end board? <laughs> yes, like, create your end board with your hand. I'm just going to trust you, and I'll just try to break it and play through it. And I said to him, I said, you realize we'll never, ever play Yu-Gi-Oh! again at this rate because we won't read cards. If you won't read cards, I- you just
1: yeah you kill, i you love can. telling them to read it read it to me <laughs>
0: yeah like exactly that's what he was doing he was like what does that do and i said that's so bad too like that's so bad Cause back because
1: they in the, can't lie but like yes. back in the day they probably would have lied to you about what it did <laughs> yes
0: also like people genuinely just don't have to fucking tell you they could just be like you read it like you figure out what it does
1: it's crazy it's crazy too because like I've, I've heard some like ridiculous things where people are like, Oh, I can't read.
0: <laughs> I'm like, You're not just saying that you cannot read right <laughs> oh now. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> I can't read is insane. Like, that's insane.
1: It's like you you got a whole deck in your hand and you didn't read any of the cards. <laughs> I
0: can't read is crazy. You know what? I also like now that you said that I can't read thing, I actually love that Yu Gi Oh! for the most part, players have stopped using foreign cards. Like, there was a phase. I mean, <laughs> pe- there was a phase where people had to have like every single thing foreign and everybody was on that wave. And it's, it slowly gotten to a point where a lot more people are just like, fuck that. I don't want my shit foreign. I just wanted to be in English because
1: definitely true. Also, a- English cards are worth more.
0: Oh, that's a fact now. Like officially yeah, English cards are worth 100% more? fact. Yeah okay is that just because like the currency exchange has changed because i know that the euro was i believe it's a mix weak. of both yeah the, i think the
1: euro might be under like the yeah, usd the, right now I don't, I don't remember i think it is um, i think it actually that, is but. so i think that has a part in it and then i also think uh for collectors a lot of the old collectors uh, or just people that want to like invest in the game they yeah. buy english prints of the cards um and that's just like it's been a huge thing lately because i mean it's obviously a commodity to buy like high rarity cards but yes. like nobody's gonna end up buying like um like a Starlight um like IP mascarina right? The difference is like eighteen hundred dollars for an, an English print one and then you got the Euro prints, like foreign, all like eight hundred to like thousand dollars.
0: Wow. That's a like huge, huge
1: difference. Yeah. Yes. And that's like with collectors cards like that, like a lot of them have that um that downfall in another language.
0: Yeah, so that has just made yeah. English cards more desirable. I'm happy to hear that because honestly, <laughs> When people will play a foreign deck of a new deck, I hated it. Like, that is so... See,
1: I'll play, like, the core, but, like, nothing, like, crazy to where, like, oh, you need to read this card, I need to be able to explain it, but, like, yeah. all the tier cards, you know, that's different. Yeah, because, like, if they don't know the tier know. cards...
0: Yeah. yeah. People should know the tier cards by now, Um, but it is fucked up when you have a deck that's obscure, and you're playing a foreign copy of yeah, it. Yeah, like,
1: you shouldn't be playing, like, adding mysteries. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, exactly one just yeah. like, you know, gonna ask the read them.
2: There was right. definitely a time when people uh just were on like a German wave. Like I swear oh, the most expensive cards at it, one point were German it's me. prints. It's
0: me. I'm niggas. It's I was I was the niggas that. that was on the German wave. Like, uh, it, it's literally the me.
2: German cards were just so popular. At I some literally
0: point. had Kristen Carnicton virus, like Crush Kr- Car virus, German. I had fucking uh or Derwafnetter Drasha cool. like the, like, yeah, the had, dark arm dragon. Like I had I had so many fucking German cards. I thought German... You couldn't tell me German German water wasn't the best tasting water in the world. Like, oh, I, it,
1: yeah. <laughs> I just thought... I, I thought, thought German, you meant the water
0: deck. No, 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 no. But like oh, <laughs> low-key, though, yes. Low-key, yes. The German ulti water deck also looked better because the German cards are darker. And yeah, German dark arm, like going way, way back to 2008, 2009, or whatever. German dark arm, German judgment dragon, they looked so, they look so fucking... Beautiful. I think even right now, I still think that the German cards look better from the older days. Like I still, I don't know what they look like now. So that's why I'm saying that, but like the older German cards just look so fire to me. Even still right now, I'd rather play a German first edition or uh, ulti dark arm dragon or German judgment dragon. But like, I don't want the hassle of somebody asking me what my cards do in 2022. Cause having to give translations or explain to people is like, continent. yeah,
1: that's, that's why, like I said, I'll, I'll keep it like simple with the cards that like yes. everyone knows, but like, this is like an example of like a German, like rhino heart, right? Yeah, it just looks. You can tell the like the difference. Yeah. It also curves in a in a better way than like English cards uh, would would curve, which is kind of cool because yeah. like English cards uh, tend to curve like the the opposite way, like this.
0: Do you have people ever asking you about translations? Like in, in Minneapolis, they, they ask me. Ask you? They should just tell them. Nobody ever it, asked though. me we all have
1: for cell phones. A, a translation. Um, they didn't ask me for translations, but they did ask me what the card did, um, and then I just start telling them, and they're like, okay. "Whoa, he re- recited that kind of quick and like without any mistakes." So he, m- he must be like, "Like telling the truth," you know?
0: That's I used to be an encyclopedia. I kind of still am for older stuff, but I used to be an encyclopedia for Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Like I could verbatim say, "I mean, Kenny knows when I play Edison Format and shit." I'm just like an actual little library of knowledge. Like you just know every. Yeah, single thing. I, I
1: love being that like pillar for people to be like, yo, like, oh, like for rulings, even for like card yeah. techs, how things, just anything. Yeah,
0: you know that's that's a good point you brought up. Rulings, you in this podcast alone have told me it like three or four rulings that I had no idea about.
1: Everyone's in for a surprise. This uh, at Pasadena, I'm gonna let you know right now because with the Ishizu cards and how the chain links resolve, nobody's gonna be oh, like no. on top of it. I'm telling you.
0: <laughs> yo, Shu actually wrote a Facebook post um, a little while ago. Ping wrote a Facebook post and he said a lot of people are about to experience some really difficult Yu-Gi-Oh that they're not prepared for and it probably will make them not like the game as much just because of like how hard it's about to become unexpectedly. Like people don't it's realize. mainly
1: because of the tier zero format that they're like enabling. Like they, ha- you have no choice when you ha- when you have cards and say like when this card is sent from the the hand or, or uh, deck to the graveyard, you mill five from your deck and your opponents. Like if you're not playing graveyard cards in a format where two of those cards are legal, like you're almost guaranteed not even like in contention. Yeah. But like like I said, unless you're playing like under with D shifter. Yes. Like that's like
0: actual. And if you, and like if you out, don't but, draw a D shifter, you get fucking bodied.
1: Yeah. You just lose because now I'm milling five, and it's like.
0: And they have some cards that I heard you can't recur to. Um, I think that the barrier statue, Riza, and something else, my friend told me that like they can't get it back or some shit. Like some yeah. cards, certain cards that get milled to the graveyard and in, in that deck, they're gone. They're just they're, gone. They're just yeah. gone. And like the cards he named, I was like, Well, those are their win conditions. What do you mean? He was like, Well, that's just Yeah, bad.
1: exactly.
0: He's like, That's what it is. Like some you might sit down, round one, don't know the person, obviously they know you, and then you mill five and you mill their fucking actual win condition out their deck and they're playing flow. Like their win condition just I went like, to the graveyard. He's like, oh, shit. You're, and now I also know you're playing flow. So that might influence, yeah. I don't know, like, the board's change. or It's, a, that, it's a
1: huge thing, too, because, like, if you know, going into top cut of an event, like, um Pasadena is coming up, like, if you know your opponent is not on tier, you're milling five <laughs> every time. Like, you imagine that. You imagine, like, just knowing, like, going into, like, a finals where you're playing versus Thunder, I'm like, oh, well, I'm milling five every time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so you think that this coming up YCS, the rulings will be really difficult for people to grasp like all the chain links all the things that have resolved yeah. also people have a hard time even before the issue the cards tracking the number of effects that have already activated this turn that are once per turn
1: yes that is a huge thing so you're apparently you're allowed to take like notes on that uh mandatory effects um that are once and per stuff turn that you, yeah that are once per turn um and then on top of that like if you mess up uh, So, actually let me give you an example when i was in um when i was in ecuador I was playing the team event, and I had messed up. I had drawn after I dugars, but my opponent specifically, um, and i tell you with all sincerity in my heart when I tell you this, he looked at my graveyard after I made a play that would give me a game loss.
0: Oh, wow. And he
1: immediately went to to the dugars and said, you drew after I had already drawn and and, uh, had searched through my deck. And I could tell that what he was trying to do because I'm like, yeah, he wanted the game to be
0: irreparable.
1: Exactly. And he literally waited right into right until I searched my deck for a card and I'm yep. like, well, I know I'm about to get a game loss, but I'm like I'm like he's definitely like fishing for a game loss here. Yes. Like he's he's just like and then even after the uh after the match, little at the end of the match, I had gone um Gigantic, uh special summon resonator, and then he tried to say, uh before you use resonator's effect, I super poly I'm like, Well, two things wrong with that. You can't do that because I have uh, i have turn player priority it's my turn i'm summoning the card using the effect and then two you can't even super poly those two cards there's no target <laughs> so i'm sitting there and then the um the, the match finishes and then the guy tries to tell me he's like you never activated resonator i'm like Ex-, i'm like excuse me the judge comes over he's like yeah i'm gonna give you a warning for, for rule sharking i'm like well yeah well to him not me obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. um so he he literally just
0: this that like, at Minneapolis? Threw it this out is there old.
1: this is no, this was in Ecuador. this oh, was all the same match where he was fishing for the uh fishing for the the game loss. I actually won the match after losing game one yes. to drawing off the guards, and I was so far ahead like there's no way I was gonna lose, but it was it was just a crazy interaction. I'm like, are you really just blatantly trying to say that like I didn't like use the effect of resonator We had a judge call on this like the judge came over to explain to you you can't super poly and then you're just like lying I'm like yeah that's
0: insane. really unfortunate uh that People can be that savage. I actually have, back when I used to write articles for ARG, I went to a European YCS in Barcelona, Spain, and there were a lot of scummy things going on, including somebody asking McCabe to count out his his extra deck or his, no, count out your side deck. After game one concluded, he's like, count out your side deck randomly. And McCabe was like, sure, count it out, it's 15. So the McCabe was like, fuck you, you count out your side deck now. And the guy's was 14. And McKay raised his hand and was like, yo, this guy just asked me to count up my side deck. (laughs) Clearly trying to get me to get a game loss. He actually has 14 in his side deck so yeah get him and the guy obviously that's got insane it.
1: yeah that's t- insane that he literally was try- trying to go for the game loss and that he know, yeah yes karma i was like
0: instant, instant karma this is a factual story that happened paul clark was there steve silverman was there like we were all there we all went austin coleman is who we stayed with at that trip he was there like a, pl- a bunch of people were there and uh, i actually
1: just met austin like a month or two months ago for the first yeah, time
0: so did you say austin coleman when you were talking about your team? No,
1: or uh, DB, DB Grinder. Also, uh, uh, it's their 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 names are like so similar. It's Austin Colling. Oh, Culling. You like, said how, it. I don't know how you pronounce it, but yeah, it sounds the same person. Like yes, you know, everyone asks me that whenever I like say the I'm name. I'm like, wait, I'm Austin on team? your team? What the fuck? No, that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I st- I just started recently watching DB Grinder too because I like you know, I like the way he. <laughs> he deadpan explains things. He's just kind of like, yeah,
1: he is, uh, he is very on point with information. Like he yeah. definitely puts in so much work.
0: He puts a little misplay sign over somebody's face. And it's just like
1: misplay. <laughs> yeah,
0: Flag on the fucking play. Um, and he also just kind of explains his logic and when he's wrong, he'll blatantly say like, Oh, I'm fucking stupid actually. Or did he, when he's right, he's like, I don't understand why you would do this. People
1: are scared to do that. People are scared to criticize themselves. Like they're scared to admit when they misplay and It's like, you're never going to get better if you just, you can't be willing to do it to yourself because like proving yourself to your friends will never hold it like a candle to like you being able to like prove yourself to yourself.
0: Yes. I love that. You said that that's very true. If you can't be honest with yourself, you can't be honest with anyone else. Um exactly. self awareness is is a really big issue that a lot of people have not even just Yu-Gi-Oh not to get like too deep but like in general having good self awareness I think goes a long way in life and in Yu-Gi-Oh going having good self awareness helps you to not be too egotistical because that is a problem that Yu-Gi-Oh players often face including myself when I was competitive like our egos can go unchecked because we are yeah. basically celebrities in a small world right like
1: it, it yeah it, it, exactly that's really like what you have to deal with a lot of the time and a lot of people don't really know how to like interact with people once you're in that like spotlight especially if you win a YCS and then people yeah. forget like you know you're just this different person like yeah like it, yesterday it changes and all everything. of a sudden
0: and your friend you know your friends to look at you differently because they might feel like you're acting different you probably are acting different like pre- speaking from personal experience that there's a whole like burden of being a YCS Hollywood champion. Fraser. Shut up. (laughs) My friends literally still tease me to this day. It's been fucking 12 years. They still tease me to this day. When we go to an event together, we'll all show up to the event. And like, like I'll go to Philly regionals, right? When they see me at Philly regionals, they be like, "Oh my God, is that Fraser Smith?" And then they'll like run away yeah. as though like I'm too good to talk to them. It's been an ongoing joke for at least a decade. Like they have not let it go.
1: That's kind of funny
0: though. <laughs> they're like, "Oh, we know when we get to the YCS. Like when we land, you won't talk to us anymore because you got to go with your your, your YCS <laughs> Hollywood." For... Phrase. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're like, you can't talk to us now because you're around your team ARG people. Like they would always fuck on me like that. But yeah, there is a there's definitely a responsibility with you know to the community and to yourself to just be just be honest with yourself. Like it's nothing wrong with misplaying, it's nothing wrong with doing an illegal play and acknowledging that you fucked up, like you didn't realize it and it's a, it's an honest mistake. Like I know Yu-Gi-Oh community likes to throw out the word cheating immediately after anything that they it's, see.
1: It's it's the, like they they throw it around so loosely, like yeah. I'm over here like
0: just it's toxic as hell. Defending so my
1: friends that like are getting called cheaters. I'm like, You guys just the, don't yeah. understand like like I was getting a call to cheater when I was 15 years old yes. like, about the Angeli thing. And they're yep. like, yeah, you're a cheater. And then I'm like, well, even like the Jason Grabenmeier, he like released an article saying like how it was like, totally like the judge's fault at the feature match. And I'm like, people yeah. just still will say anything. People it doesn't just matter. bro. I one...
0: mistakes, bro. Yeah. I've made the, the number of illegal plays I've made over the course of my like 10 years of playing the game. I don't know all of them, but I'm sure I have done some. And that's the
1: biggest thing is like, you don't even know until it happens. Yes. Like after it's just, it's like, just really, that's what that's, makes a misplayer. Like when you, do the, thing.
2: the people saying that shit, they're all people. It's mostly people that have never been in that position. They either don't even play Yu Gi Oh! and they just <laughs> watch it as fans and then just love to talk about all the shit. This goes for like everything. It's the same reason why, you know, you're sitting there watching a baseball game, the Phillies in the World Series. And somebody will like throw a pitch and like, they'll be like, oh, th- this guy sucks. P- yeah, you're like,
1: why drama? are you not at bat?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, why aren't you at bat? But it's, it's always people that aren't actually doing the thing. And they have the outsider glasses. and They're like, oh, this guy's obviously cheating. And it's like, you have no idea what's actually going into the 30 different things you're keeping in your head that you're missing. You know, you just miss one of them.
0: I think people really love, obviously, we know people love drama. That's not even like a, a hot take. Like People in general.
2: Yeah,
1: it, they, they they that's their fuel. <laughs> yeah,
0: people love drama, but people also love to watch someone's downfall. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That is like
1: a huge thing. I don't know why, but that's a huge thing as well. Like people will like enjoy when someone has like this like bad luck streak or just like they're really so, down. I don't understand. I'm like Yeah,
2: people <laughs> love that shit. I think it goes back to the thing you guys were saying earlier about being self-aware. I think that, you know, there's a lot of people that are just like they they can't figure out they played, they practiced, they they bought the same cards you bought. They can't figure out why they can't win four YCSs. So like you, that guy must have been a cheater. Well, their so their defense,
0: when, most people that cannot is a big, win four yeah. <laughs> but,
2: all- but, but That's like, what I'm I saying you, I though. I like, point, though. Yeah. And then, so when the rumors come out, like, oh, this person might've been cheating. It's like, that's why mean, he, of course. Yeah.
0: That's why he was a cheater.
1: They're so quick to say you're a cheater when you do well. Yes. It's like. Yeah. The, the instinct, people need a
0: reason to People need a reason to explain greatness. And if they can't accept that you're actually just really skilled, then obviously the only other explanation is like, well, you must be cheating, right? And it, it sucks because, of course, Yu-Gi-Oh has cheaters. That's not a surprise. Every game that's ever been played in the world has cheaters.
1: But Yeah, you're going to deal with like but, people what, getting grouped in like that is the yes, problem. But
0: the number of cheaters, I promise you, is much smaller than the number of people who are just genuinely skilled at the game yeah. and like, are able to just outplay your opponent. like a lot of my wins that I've ever had were just because my opponent was awful. Like, they just played bad. Yeah. I didn't even do it. Like, it was their game to win and they just gave it to me because they were that bad. Like, I just sat down and my opponent said, I do not want to win this game.
1: Speaking of that, I feel like that it's, like, super relevant. Um, When I play in the game, like, nowadays, like, people look at me and they're like, you know, like, I like, could have one of one tournaments. I still look at every match, of, like, every game, like, even, like, of Yu-Gi-Oh!, like, the same. Like, I love the game. I'm playing it. Not yeah. to, like, Think higher of myself is like oh I'm gonna win. It's like more so like I'm just gonna try my best in every match. But people just tend to give me that like that role like of like oh like he's like insane like and yes. they'll just start messing up like that just comes with yeah. like playing like throughout the years and also like building like a reputation like it's it's not something you really like wish for to happen when you're playing but it just kind of happens.
0: It does happen. I've experienced people literally shaking. I've experienced people walking yeah. up to the table. People walk up to the table and they say oh fuck. Like they, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you've experienced me, yeah.
1: every round at the regional that literally every
0: round. <laughs> yes. Even the guy who beat you was scared. Like the guy who beat you with flow. Who I, drew oh, twice. No, I
1: actually, I I actually lost to a, uh, to a girl at that, uh, at that regional. Oh, she who owed me so quick. Yeah. She, she D shipped your meat in games one and two, but she destroyed me. <laughs>
0: okay. But I'm saying like, when she sat down, I would assume like most- she was
1: the only person that did not say like, it, oh man. She, maybe she's just she was like, lost. "Congrats on your win." And then she proceeded to, to de-shifter me. And then she's like, "Yeah, you can't beat this." I was like,
0: "Mind blown." <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> it would be like that. There are some opponents who are like they come in with extra confidence because of who you are instead of instead of being like self deprecating. It,
1: it was nice though. Like I, I yeah. appreciated her confidence. I was like, "This is exactly how like a match you go should go." Like she knows she has the advantage because of the deck she's playing.
0: Yeah. Like she she should
1: not feel like. Any less like good yeah. about like her? You, you like, definitely have to be yeah.
0: Uh going into yeah, a for match. Sure. No matter who you're playing, I remember my first time playing against like YCS champions and stuff. Even when I was a winner, playing against another winner, I would get nervous as fuck, and then I had to calm myself down. Like at the end of the day, this is just a game of Yu Gi Oh. You know how to play this game really well. Just yeah. play it. play the game like you normally play it. Like don't care about who it is in front of you, and then that just helps you so much.
1: No one game or match is ever going to determine how much I love the game. So I just base everything off that. I'm like, I can literally mess up and just have like the worst match I've ever played, but then still feel great going into like another match or game. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I definitely feel whenever I lose in a YCS, um, once I'm out of the tournament, I look at it as if I like just lost in top cut. Like I never look at it as like, oh, it's just, I didn't, I didn't make it the top cut. I just lost. I'm out of the tournament. It's like Swiss. Like I'm like, I literally can win this YCS until I'm out yep. every time.
0: I feel the same way. I've lost round one and then topped the event. And, like, you know, like I, I don't give up on myself until it's actually over, obviously. But, like, yeah. I, I won't give up on myself just just because I have a really strong mental. And that's always helped me, even though I do have natural anxiety. Like, when they say round one pairings are posted back in a, like that shit used to make me sweat. That's still,
1: that's, that still gives me the jitters. I'm Doesn't like it give here you the jitters? Just, yeah, Maid, you, you've won I, four. I'm super anxious.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and you still get jitters. People don't understand. Like that's a real thing. I get so much anxiety before the start of a tournament because it's like, obviously, there's pressure no matter what. Like we got to be realistic. Like there's still pressure because people expect you to perform. And uh, but once you get into it, it's like, oh, never mind. I'm fine. Like I'm
1: actually. I, yeah, I, I, I think it normally takes one or two rounds. Yeah, and then I, I'm, I'm feeling a little up to. Uh,
0: yeah, you're like up oh, I'm speed actually on fine. how I should be. I wanted to ask you something. Um, What was your record in Swiss at Minneapolis?
1: I lost rounds uh five and six, so I was uh nine and two.
0: Okay, so you lost five and six to what happened?
1: Um round five I lost to my friend uh Enzo. Uh he was playing uh MathMec. Um he's actually really good. He's also uh young too. I think he's like seventeen. Um I'm gonna say a lot, I think. he got he got um top four at uh Charlotte, I believe, this okay. year. He's been doing really well. Um, but he also um destroyed me round 5, two two o'd me. Um Damn, he Matt won the dice roll. Too? And then he went uh, robbery. Oh, my bad. Um, yeah, robbery. <laughs> yep. um, I went, scooped out my card. Yeah, it's, it's just straight <laughs> and up then, uh,
0: You didn't draw your one screen. Game two,
1: I had one play where I went kit, and then he went imperm. I'm like, damn, this tactics doesn't really do anything right here. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just I lost. <laughs> and then round six, um, it was actually crazy. So like, uh, I was tied in life points in time, in the battle phase, and I made a play to try and go for game. Um, but he had summoned math, uh, masquerade. So anything I play, like I'm going to go down to life wins. Oh my so I had God. made a play to try and super poly him to try and kill him. But if his last card was a playable card, then I would lose. So I went for the, the win over, um, just ending my battle phase and taking the, like the draw, obviously. Cause like we were tied in life. Um, so I'm like, uh, like I might as well just like try and go for the, the game and i ended up just losing because i couldn't do it and i was like yeah i just gotta accept this loss like this if, like if i drew it would have been the same thing anyway. it's the same so, thing
0: also yeah everything, so everything changes and you may not have won that event so i know i I, <laughs> I think about weird shit like that all the time like the the butterfly effect like i yeah it, it worked out in the end right even in your deck profile at one point you said well i guess it didn't really matter because i won and like that's at the end of the day like it, i don't want to change yeah, anything like
1: all of my, um, well, three of my wins are, I, I literally started like three, two at my first one, three, one, one at the second one. Um, I finished, uh, X one, uh, only losing to Furman in the third one, but then the fourth one, yeah. Losing, starting uh four, two. So like, it was all, all around the same spot yeah, where like, I had to win out.
0: Yeah. It's, so you went four, two and just never confident. lost again. Yeah. Like period. Like you just never, like, how many rounds is that? So that's four, two was six rounds. And then there's five more rounds of Swiss. Cause I'm assuming it was an 11 round event.
1: Yeah, 11 rounds, so
0: it's 10 more rounds after that. So I went 10 in a row. Absurd. I love it. Um, all right, well, I think that this bout wraps this up because we're at like an hour and a half. Both you and I are going to be together in California tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah,
0: it's actually crazy. We're landing, Kenny, we're landing at the exact same time, basically. Can um, we're in the, the same plane? The- no, because he's leaving from Boston. Oh. I'm leaving from Philly. But we're both getting to L.A. at, at 11 the same a.m. Time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Chris randomly wrote a status on Facebook today. Like, I was sitting at my desk. Chris was like, is anyone getting to L.A. at around 11 a.m. that wants to catch an Uber to Pasadena? And I was like, well, 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 like, what do we have here? And I posted literally a screenshot. Perfect timing. Yeah, I posted a screenshot Damn. on my itinerary. So we're literally going to be together tomorrow.
1: And, That's uh, awesome.
0: People already, like, Hansel was like, yo, let's definitely, like, eat, drink. Like, let's have fun. I'm like, I'm fucking 100%. Yeah, like, we're I'm definitely
1: so, going to go out. And this is fun. It's kind of funny because this is where we—that's where we first met in Cali. So,
0: yeah, oh, that—that's true. We definitely did first meet in Cali. So I'm—I'm I'm so excited. Everyone is like an adult now this time, so it's great. It's gonna be great.
1: Yeah, I can I can partake in stuff. Yes, you can, actually <laughs> do, you can actually
0: do things now. Um, all right. So uh, thank you so much, Chris, for being on this episode. I'm gonna thank do you. a quick shout out to the people on our Patreon, uh, guys. If you want to see the video version of this podcast episode. Uh, You can check out our Patreon. Also, we release episodes exclusively on Patreon that only come out there. Uh, So check that out. We also have access to our Discord server. We have like a little community and people give us suggestions on the podcast that we actually choose. We do polls for and stuff like that. Um, So if you're interested in any extra content and things like that, you want to support the podcast, please check out the I'm There podcast Patreon. We have a link tree if you don't know where to find it. You can also find our YouTube channel and stuff like that that we're slowly growing. Uh, we're releasing clips. So a ton of shit coming out for this podcast as it's growing over time. But uh, without further ado, I want to give a shout out to Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garrett, Xavier, Hylian, Dimitri, uh, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, Giovanni Avalos, Henry Reynolds, CJ, One, Dan Varable, First to Home, Dallas Los Ranares, S. Akuma, Mitchell Niles, Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Safiridis, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, Roz Weiss, Nick Stangos, Hanso, our two-time national champion. Absurd. Uh, Vincent Zen, Sarah Maria, Sunny Top Cup Podcast, Alex Ahern, Philip Campa, Jalen Haskins, Arale, Melfi Slump, Dominic Couch, and last but not least, we have, hold on, I think the name was Petty Kang, he wanted me to say. So his real name is here because it's subscribed by your email address when you're on Patreon, but he asked me to call him Petty Kang, I'm pretty sure, is our newest subscriber uh, and at, t- at our ten dollar tier so thank you so much for subscribing we really appreciate it it goes a long way and as i always say uh do the things that make you happy chris do you want to give a shout out and like bring up your you know your youtube channel and like all stuff like that
1: yeah so um i do have a, i just started doing youtube so uh you can check out my channel it should be um christopher leblanc jnc and then uh obviously shout out to uh, jnc uh my sponsor like dragon inc uh think ritual and prodigy uh, i know i have a lot of sponsors right now so it's kind of uh, <laughs>
0: broken though you have yeah. multiple sponsors that's fucking broken uh yeah so definitely check out chris's channel i just subscribed today to it as well i watched like two videos and i was like all right what the fuck am I doing? Like click the subscribe button. Stop playing. Give that man his yeah. subscriptions. There's no reason why Chris LeBlanc shouldn't uh, reach hundred K by the end of the month. No, I'm kidding. But like yeah. definitely subscribe, make the channel blow up. He's literally one of the best players of all time. No one deserves it more, especially right now. Like literally putting in so yeah. much work to just win. He's on the
2: ground floor. He might be a five time champion in a week.
0: That literally just in happen. a couple of days, it it really could be back to back. It really, it really could be just five. happens out of nowhere. <laughs> if you close your eyes. Uh also, I just realized <laughs> <Yeah>. I <laughs> fucked up that guy's name. Sorry Keith. Uh it's Kang Petty, not Petty Kang. So Kang Petty. I'm going to get used to this eventually. This is the first time I'm giving you a shout out since you're a new patron. I will get used to it, but right now because Patreon shows your actual name, it's kind of annoying that it does that. And I can't I even saw if I could change like people's names when I do the shout out thing. Like if I could give them nicknames. That would be so cool. Um so I'm going to have to remember that, but it is Kang Petty. First time doing it. Uh, shout out to you, our newest patron. Thank you so much. But yeah, everybody, I will be in California with Chris and a bunch of other people. We're going to have a great time. Hopefully, somebody that I know, Chris wins and it'll be great. So, have a good one. Awesome. We're out. Peace.